0: Everybody, welcome back to Connor Wanders. I'm loving the new name. It is feeling good. It feels right. It feels feels good for me. We got Liam DeBoer in the house. Uh, internet friends up Happy. until recently. Now we're real life friends. We're playing yeah. golf tomorrow, so we're really going solid, to solidify
1: that bond. Happy to be here, man. Yeah, it's uh, it is weird. It is weird and trippy being getting together with people that you've been talking to for over a year on social media. Yeah, and then being like, oh, okay. Yeah, I've the gotten face. used
0: to it over the years, but it's never. Especially when I was single and I would meet girls that were like from social media, you just never know, You <laughs> never know what you're getting
1: into, dude. It's a wild, yeah, weird it, thing. There is, I was going to say there is like a face on social media. It's like, it is, there is a wall. So it's like, are they the same person when that wall is down? Yeah.
0: It's better than dating apps. Dating apps is just a wild, it's a, it's a shit show. Are you, do you, do you,
1: do you a uh, dating app right now? No, I have not been, I've not done a dating app for like over five years. I can't. Oh. I can't do it. I. I hate it. I also know the like the brain psychology it does, and I'm just like, no, I don't want to turn it into like literally a game. I mean, I, I did. I got on Tinder when I lived in Dallas when it like first came out,
0: and I was like, this is weird. But it was pretty basic back then. It was pretty straightforward. And then I wasn't on it again. I used Bumble. Mm-hmm. I liked Bumble. Bumble. was felt cleaner to me. It was just like a little bit more, and I. I enjoyed. It. I've had a great time on it. I've been on it and Kelly and I have looked for people on there and that's been like a fun, weird experience uh, with varying results. But then I was like, oh, let's try Tinder again just because like that's more of like a casual hookup, whatever thing. And do they turn that thing into like a casino? Yeah, like you get a match and it's like, boo, 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 boo. I'm like, and not me knowing the psychology of it too, because Bumble is like, it's a match and like that you move on. Yeah, that one's like fucking fireworks and like it's like you hit a slot machine. Oh, it's, okay, it's wild, dude. And I was like, this is they it. gamify and then they did a thing where it's like find your secret admirer and it like puts up like six things and you click on a thing. It's like it's just geared. It's so addictive and I'm like, oh, this this is the problem. I don't think Hinge and Bumble they make sense. Tinder though is just like they went all in on on exactly what
1: you're talking <clears> about. Also, too, wh- one of the fucking most like mind blowing things was when Rob Henderson is uh, a guy that breaks down a lot of uh, gender um, uh, gender dynamics and stuff. He he went to Oxford, and that was kind of what he focused on was like gender psychology and all that. And he was talking about how. He, he didn't, he didn't out which dating app it was, but he was like, it's one of the main four. Like yeah. it's, it, it's a big one. And he was talking to the CEO of the company and they do a thing called seeding, which is, so when you first join <laughs> the Plant app, seed or what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when you first join the app, you know how any time you've ever joined those apps, it's like immediately you just get like inundated with hot girls. You're oh, like, they, yeah, you're they do like Oh my God, this is fucking unreal. It's abundantly obvious. It's not, not, it's those not are, so subtle. They're fake. They're fake profiles. So like they, they, so the companies will put fake profiles out and then get you to hit with them off the hop and then get you to send, it'll have like a few pre-programmed responses for like, oh, Hey, yeah, I'm doing good. And then it just stops. But it gets you on that mentality of like, oh shit, these are the types of girls and whatever I'm going to be meeting on here. And then it just gets you into that mode where you're like, okay, now I'm chasing that. It's you're chasing the dragon essentially. Dude, that's. Wow. Yeah. I never thought, I mean, I knew that they would
0: like put hot people first, first. which makes, I'm like, yeah, I get, I get what you're doing. You got a business here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't realize, that's gotta be, that's gotta be tender though. I just, cause I, here's the th- here's the reason I, and maybe this is me being generous. Yeah. Bumble is, I think a 100% a female business. Mm-hmm. Like they're headquartered in Austin. Okay. And I was like, God, I would love to, I actually applied for a job there. Okay, cool. Um, When I was back after I left on it. I was like, oh, looking around, and I was like, man, that'd be a cool gig because, like, I I genuinely, like, really enjoyed that app. Like, I I felt like it was very, like, responsible I, I, as far as those go. Like, it's like, it's like when you're talking about drugs, it's like, mm-hmm. well, yeah, they're all, it they can all be dangerous, but, like, are you responsible with it or any kind of alcohol yeah. or something like that? And I applied for a job there, but it was like, it's a hundred, it's a, I think it's a hundred percent female business. And maybe that's different now. And I don't even know what a woman is anymore. So it's like <laughs> they probably got, they probably mixed it up a little bit, but it was, to me, I'm like, you know, I find it hard to believe that like they have a prin- they do have principles, you know, which is kind of why that chick that founded Bumble left. She was dating one of the Tinder guys. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? I, okay. She was part of the, she was one of the founding partners. Why'd that, she leave? Because of shit like that. Okay. It just it got, just just of got scummy. in. And I think the CEO was kind of a scumbag, too. So it like makes the, the just the
1: vibe of the business. Mm-hmm. And Bumble hasn't gone like all in on the, like I said, like Tinder has with the. Yeah. <laughs> and well, in two, the thing it doesn't matter what it is and this is just in the dating world or a relationship world that this comes into play but it happens across anything like i'll use restaurants for example the more choices you have the less likely you're going to be happy with the choice you make so like if you have the choice between restaurant a and b you're going to be pretty like as long as the meal isn't absolutely trash you're going to feel pretty pretty okay with the decision you made you're gonna be like yeah all right cool i enjoyed that meal but if it was just even like not stellar and but there was 20 choices you could have made you're like fuck there was a stellar choice in there and i missed it And it's like the same thing happens on dating, so that's why, yeah, that's why I never really got into those because I was like, oh fuck, I can see how this will fuck with my brain. Yeah,
0: it can be slippery. When I was traveling a lot, it was really great because it's also how I met people. It's just I'm very extroverted and like, When you want to like, it was like I made a lot of friends on Bumble. Like I still Mm -hmm. have friends this day that I met on Bumble. Yeah. Um. So it's like that was it it would go, but I'm just that kind of person. Like it it suited my personality really well, and I can also understand how somebody would just absolutely hate it. Yeah, I'm I'm the exact
1: opposite too. I'm like a hardcore introvert. Yeah. So. Oh, like, that's how Kelly is too. She yeah. never did that shit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So the idea of just getting on there and having as many conversations as possible is just like, that's just exhausting. Like I was exhausting po- I to me.
0: podcasting for that at that time
1: too. So a lot of that, stuff, even bad dates were good
0: content. Gotcha. And I also, I enjoyed bad dates. I'm like, wow, that person like really didn't enjoy spending time with me yeah. <laughs> like I was, and I didn't really either or maybe I did and they did it's like you I learned a lot about myself I kind of used it as almost like a personal development yeah tool. no you could for yeah, sure because you're so and that's what I tell people whenever I was coaching especially women that were like wanting to find somebody I'm yeah. like, get on here and just like get used to initiating conversations and also get used to just people like bailing on you it's like it's it's in the world we're in now it's just people are just going to ghost you it's like there's not really any social downside to that anymore there's zero consequences for it and it's not good but it's the reality of the situation and that's taking that kind of pragmatic view I think is really interesting
1: but like yeah if you can learn if you can learn to be okay with rejection and also just the fact that not everyone has to like you yeah. That's, and that's you a big, to, plus. you can't
0: treat the people on the screen like people. And that's, yeah. it's fucked up. Yeah. It's fucked up. But like, you just have to approach it as like, this is a person on a screen until I meet them in real life. Mm-hmm. And then they ghost you after like meeting you. That's dickish. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But you have no obligation to this person. They have no obligation to you. Yeah. And they're going through the same thing as far as choices. Like you were just speaking about. And that's something I've actually noticed a lot about. Like I grew up in a small town, 9,000 people, uh, Graham, Texas. Right. I was just there last weekend visiting my family for Easter and stuff. And I used to just resent the fuck out of that town because I'm not built for that. Like it's just not, it never was part of my, I, I thought I was. And then once I got out, I was like, Oh wow. Like I, there's more I want to do with myself. But over time, I mean, I'm 36 now, you know, that was, I left when I like really left and I was probably like 19. Um, I, like moved to Texas state. That's like 20. So it's like, I was in Austin area. It was, like, it was, it was, it was more, I enjoyed Austin even when I was a kid. Like I knew that place. I was going there when I was like five and six um, cause my aunts would play like state, have state tournaments there and stuff. So we'd go visit and I always just liked the place. It seemed like a really fun, it was just a fun place, like yeah. an amusement park for adults, which is also part of the problem. But when I got into that vibe, I was like, I want to try this out, you know, and it's, it's interesting to kind of get outside and I just have that kind of personality. But when I go back now, I totally get it. Yeah. Dude, there's something about that simple life. There aren't that many choices, right? Mm-hmm. And and you get to you know what your day is in yeah. and out, and people are getting more and more attracted to that. Like I've talked to people, we've actually looked at, at buying land there uh, in that area just because we like to hunt and stuff. My brother wants to, wants to build a house, so we were like, oh, we'll just buy thirty acres, sell him to, You know, he he can help with the property and stuff. Um, and he likes that kind of shit, so it was like we we've been looking for that and like. You, I know people who bought land for $800 an acre like 20 years ago Fuck. and it's going for $10,000 an acre right now. Shit, I know somebody who's selling just their ag field until they're turning it into like lots and selling it for $15,000 an acre and they bought it for $800 back in the day. That's we used to dove real. hunt out there. And so it's like they have a house and they so they'll still have a couple hundred acres, but they're just selling like, I think they're selling about a hundred and they split it into three lots. And it's like, so you're covering what you paid for and some on a, on 25% of your property. It's not, it's gotten insane because there's all these, somebody I, I was talking to my, actually my ex-girlfriend's dad. He was like, there's all these little like boutique ranches all over the place. That's like the thing. Now people are moving in from like, cities. And I think it's actually kind of great that these people are moving. People are getting outside of the city. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's the first time this has happened on this scale. Sagar was talking about this today. It's really interesting to see people just getting outside of that. Like, I don't want to be inundated all the time. Like I have no, after living out here, I have no interest in living in the city. Yeah. Like to leave this setup, I'm going to have to find this setup somewhere else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, we've, we've considered moving to dripping Springs and stuff like that. And we might have to when Roe gets older, but I ha- I can't not have a
1: couple acres. Yeah, I had a very similar I had very similar experience growing up like the town I grew up in was uh, like under 2000-3000ish people. And uh, yeah, same You're thing. Like next door to Jordan Peterson out there in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> no, he was. Uh, he was always a Toronto guy. He lived right downtown Toronto all the time. He grew up in a small town, though. Uh, Calgary, though, west. Oh, really? West, yeah, west. And um, I haven't but, talked to him about it in a while. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but same thing. I immediately was like, oh, started resenting the small town, kind of like, oh, you know, it's very small minded and people don't really think outside the box at all, that kind of thing. But then so move to the city. And then after a couple of years, you start to just realize that like people become kind of a nuisance in a sense. Like I miss walking down the street and saying hello to the people that you cross. Yeah. It's so weird to me that you get into an elevator and you can just tell the person that is in the elevator with you is actively trying to not engage in a conversation. Yeah. And in my head, it's we're two feet from each other. Why why aren't we saying hello? Yeah. And, and so that kind of thing has really started. And to, I think a big part of it was with COVID, the isolation in, in the cities was so much worse than in the small towns. One because in the small towns, everyone still had their little pockets of friend groups where it was like okay yeah maybe i'm not going to go to a party with 30 people but let we'll get together with so and so once a week and whereas in the city everyone had that mindset of just stay the fuck away from me like i like even just walking down the hallway in an apartment people would like shuffle to get away from you Dude, people would cross the road yeah to get away from you yeah it was strange and so that I don't think the city is bound, especially in Toronto. I don't know the experience too much in, in other cities, but in Toronto in specific, I don't think people recovered from that. People are still like what, cause I moved out of Toronto. As soon as we went into the second round of lockdowns, I, I was like, I'm not staying here and going through this bullshit. I'm not yeah. being locked in a 900 square foot box for two years. Yeah. And so I moved out and I, I thought to myself, I'd move back whenever everything lifted and we'd go back to back to normal and yeah people are still in that same mindset and depressed and anxious and it's just on another level even the homeless people are crazier like yeah and it's, that's, i spent some time in toronto we talked about this and to me i hate new york yeah i think new york smells
0: like piss it's loud mm-hmm. i don't like the people i know it's like one of the greatest cities ever i also i wouldn't care if it fell in the ocean i just would <laughs> not give a shit. I don't like it and people yeah. I and I get people love it and that's the thing it's like it's the furthest thing from my fucking vibe that exists on this planet mm-hmm. um that being said like going to Toronto I was like oh this is like a clean New York yeah it's Canadian Whereas New York Tim, Tim sure. Dillon would say like that's what makes it suck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean but it was like it was and it was chill and even this is like pre like Woke madness, I guess yeah, you'll call yeah. it. Or I don't like saying the word woke, but like you get what I'm saying.
1: It's so there was the like, only way you can call it. Yeah,
0: I know, but it's just like it's been boomered out to the point. Like I'm just sure. like if once John Hannity starts saying it, I'm like I'm not using that anymore. And I was also around when woke meant like you done mushrooms and kind of seen through the matrix. Yeah. Like that was what woke meant whenever yeah. I heard the term. Uh, and we all stole it from black people who make up everything fucking <laughs> yeah. cool, anyways. But um, so it's like it would go there and it's like, Oh, like there's a trans person like then it's it's chill. It's like, it's not, it was, it was like nothing was really a thing. It was like a yeah. drum circle. All of a sudden in this random park, I was walking by and it's like yoga studios everywhere. And the gym was super common. People were just nice. And it was, just, I was like, this is like kind of like New York. It's this. you get the financial center and it's, it's just, it looks the same, but it, it's just, it doesn't smell like piss and people are t- friendly. And to hear that it's kind of like turned into all the things I hate about New York. where like homeless people in Austin, when I lived there, and I lived there, I, I considered Austin home until recently. Like, mm-hmm. It just felt like home. I still consider myself a Texan, even though I love Colorado and I don't foresee leaving here anytime soon. But I went back, and like the homeless people used to be chill. They lived in the woods sometimes. Like they lived behind my friend's house once. Like it, there was like a fence, and you could see like the tents back there. And it was like, but they just were generally pretty cool. And it was the same homeless people you'd see kind of all the time. Like my dog really hated this one guy. And I was like, I don't trust that guy because my really nice dog like growls at you. He, he never growls at anybody, so I'm like, get the fuck away from me. But like most of the time, and I would give people money, and you see some people, and it's like you could honestly like, feel for them. I went back, dude, and it was like it was out of hand. People drunk, and you never saw people like shooting up on the street. You never saw. I mean, you might see a drug homeless guy like not but it was just wasn't a common. It wasn't like a nuisance. And I went back and was like, this is a different thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like whatever the fuck happened here
1: is not well, I, what I loved about this place. Well, I think what happened was. They essentially had free reign on the city's streets for two years. Well, like, yeah, they they, 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 they they it was like moving into a kingdom, and then all they had it to themselves. And then after everything lifted, th- then people had to reamalgamate, and it was like, oh fuck, like yeah. they didn't necessarily want to give up that. It's it's crazy to say lifestyle, but of just doing whatever the fuck they wanted wherever they wanted. Yeah, and so yeah, shooting up wherever they want, all that shit. It's wild. Yeah, it's, yeah but in it's Canada
0: mess. kind of a, like Texas kind of fucking. Did something about it, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like they Texas, the thing about Texas, they don't fuck around. Mm-hmm. Like they they do the some of the dumbest shit, but I feel like Canada accommodates some of the most ridiculous nonsense. Like I don't understand what like Trudeau, Trudeau and Gavin Newsom seem like the same person. Yeah, yeah, they're, it's they're 100% exactly the same. it's yeah. it's so weird. I'm like y'all are like they're like oligarchs kind of like Mm -hmm. the motherfucker has a vineyard you know what i mean like as far as gavin newsom like didn't abide by any of his own policies made exceptions for all of his rich friends and it's like i see trudeau and i'm like what is this guy even talking about when i see him talk i'm just like you're
1: acting yeah this isn't a real you're not a real person it's funny because you know people would be like oh no he's he's a politician he's trying it's like no he's genuinely a failed actor he, oh, he really is? Dude, he was a drama school teacher. That's it. that's what he did before politics. Isn't, wasn't his dad like a, a politician? His, his well, dad his was dad a dad prime was, minister. Uh, yeah. Um, Fidel Castro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Dude, yeah. <laughs> if you look, and this is like, Fidel Castro and, and him look so similar, and yeah. George Soros and Vladimir Zelensky look
1: so similar. Yeah. And, and you see the pictures and you're like, dude. It's too, it's too, it's like... It's too close. And I'm a Castro fan. Actually, yeah. I like Castro. Yeah. Anybody who <laughs> you trolls, just like it, you just like him because he put up against the CIA. It's 1000%. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: actually like, I think that the United States did Cuba dirty. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think that if we would, we pushed them into the Soviets arms. Mm-hmm. We could, they, they, America was exploiting them straight up the same way we do every South American mm-hmm. country. Don't fucking come at me. It's what we do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's For been sure. done. We've had uh, how many coups have they put down in the South in South America? I've gone it's down endless and like all kinds of crazy shit, uh, funding the Contras, fueling the fucking black communities with cocaine in the Reagan administration. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much fuckery there. That's not. This isn't a conspiracy. This is just things no. that happened.
1: There's a great book, uh, Confessions of an Economic Hitman, by yes. John Perkins. I wanna, I'm going to read that soon. Yeah, dude, it's so good,
0: so good. Um, and Castro was just like, "Fuck you guys." Yeah, with this little bitty island nation, and say what you want about socialism. Socialism and libertarianism make the most sense in small, wealthy island nations. Mm-hmm. So if you have a resource-rich island nation, you can do well with socialism, especially if you have a diverse economy, right? So they were selling fruit, they had other things going on, whereas like Venezuela had oil and that was it. That was oil, they, they got rich fast. Mm-hmm. Where I think Cuba, if we would have just kept buying their sugar, kept buying their fruit, and didn't get upset about the fact that they nationalized some things that probably needed to be nationalized, we, been, we would have they wouldn't have become a communist country. they would have just been like this kind of almost like democratic socialism. And they would seem pretty, I think Castro was pretty principled in what he did and mm-hmm. dealt with a pretty like shitty situation. That being said, I don't make excuses, but like, but I was going to say Castro's
1: is, the, pretty much the dictator. I know the least about him and Pol Pot are like the two that I'm like, ah, I'm not too well versed on, but I do know like Castro was fucking offing political opponents and shit. Well, yeah, like, yeah. 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 For crazy, sure. And then, but. but
0: who like, We, that was all happening at the same time that we offed our fucking president. Yeah. Yeah, Like the CIA, like (laughs) like we, we, there was a coup in the United States over shit like this. Yeah. So it's like, you're going to criticize that guy at the same time when we had a a crossfire in Dallas that killed JFK Mm -hmm. that was backed by the fucking failed director of the CIA, Alan Dulles. Like, and don't tell me that's not true. If you think it was a single shooter, you're a fucking retard. Yeah, Yeah. Like you have, you have a learning disability if you think that that one guy did that. If 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 you're relatively familiar with firearms, you know exactly what gun he was shooting, what
1: technology he had, what his skill level was, which wasn't very good. And it just doesn't make any sense. If you can watch the, yeah, the Oliver Stone JFK documentary and not come out of that thinking that, yeah, the CIA didn't uh, off him, like then you're just completely demoralized. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Like in the devil's
0: chessboard, have you read that book? No. That's where I learned a lot of this and how things were going. And like, Castro saw what was going on in South America. He like wanted nothing to do with that. He was like, I'm just not, you know, and then we get the Cuban missile crisis. And then all this, it's just like all these things were going on at the same time. And you're like, so I don't, I just don't, I don't put the United States on this like moral high ground. And the only reason all. you can cra- ca- criticize someone like Castro is if you put the United States on a moral high ground. Mm-hmm. If you have that like nationalistic view then you can do that. Well, but I think I, you, like I, mean, I think you, you can criticize Castro
1: as long as you also criticize the states. Yeah,
0: I look at all of it. it it's mm-hmm. like one thing it's like I don't think that he was like a great guy mm-hmm. and I think offing political opponents is a problem. I also think that that's a that's common practice here and I don't mm-hmm. think that we have a Moral high ground over Russia, even. No, I don't. I just don't. I don't see it. I don't know where. I don't know where it is. Because, like, even like looking right now, it's like I would
1: say. I would say the U.S. definitely had a moral high ground over the Soviets, though. If you like, if you read yes. like like one, the, the but Gulag not, not current Russia. Yeah, yeah, current yeah. Russia. No, yeah. yeah, but
0: over the USSR, yeah, that's a yeah. different conversation. Um, but it's also the way we even look at like we have this America bias that just drives me nuts. As someone who's, I feel like I'm patriotic, mm-hmm. right? And, but patriotism means a lot of things to a lot of different people. But like. We didn't win World War Two.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We helped the Soviets with World War Two. Yeah, and the, and Europe, like we, yeah. they, they lost millions of people mm-hmm. fighting that war. Mm-hmm. Their homeland was invaded. Right, yeah. they were under threat.
1: We supported them, and we, I wish we, I wish we took that reality. America and like taught that America's like somebody coming into a marathon at the last five k with fresh legs, and then. Finishing first and being like well, I'm fucking best. Yeah, I think
0: somebody did that actually. <laughs> <laughs> this one lady was like set a record. She just like hopped on at the very, <laughs> took a shortcut. But yeah, it's like it's, so that that like type of like I'm patriotic, but I'm not, I don't I don't embrace American exceptionalism. Mm-hmm. Like it just isn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just don't see I don't see where it's like people say like this is the it's like the the great the best and greatest. I don't know. It's like the strongest and best nation in the world, the most powerful and, and best nation ever. I'm like first off. Probably not. Second, like on the scale of things, Mm -hmm. second, it's like, do you think people in Norway wake up and go, man, I wish I was American? Do you think people in Spain wake up and go like, oh, I wish I was in America right now? It's like, well, we have all this immigration. We have immigration from third world countries. Mm -hmm. Are we better than Venezuela? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Are we better than Brazil? Probably. Yeah. So it's like, but there's other places doing it better.
2: Well, I think- I don't
0: understand why we can't- the, the, the hubris of American
1: exceptionalism keeps us from- learning it's like it, we it's a it's a narcissistic culture it is for sure it, but and especially even since the end of world war 2 once america established itself as the global superpower they lost all credibility once they turned on their own values like america was Always extremely anti-imperialistic. Yes. Like even in World War One, they were essentially try being like, You guys are all fucking retarded fighting over these imperialistic means over who gets control of what in Africa. Like, what are you guys doing? Just like stop.
2: Yeah. Like and they just re- then we just then,
0: rebranded imperialism.
1: Yeah. It's like,
0: oh, we don't we economically control you and we will yeah. you know overthrow your government if you piss us off. But yeah. we're not an imperialist because we're not putting our flag on you know what I mean. It's mm-hmm. like well that does that's, that's it's it's, it's the it's same like, thing. It's imperialism adjacent. It's the same thing. <laughs>
1: And that's where I, I look at it and I go, I, th- I feel like these things are just human nature that you can't get past. No, yeah. And I actually, I've, I've got a script that I, ha- I haven't finished and edited yet, but I, I've recorded of kind of just breaking down a lot of the social justice lies uh, about you know, for instance, colonialism and imperialism. And you're like, you go back as far as the, the Mongols, the Persian empire, yeah. the the Greeks, Every everybody was doing this. Yeah, Like no matter what form an empire takes, it's just the nature of superpowers.
0: Yeah, 100%. And this is, it, it, it is. And I think that's why we don't need a unipolar environment. Mm-hmm. I think that we need a multipolar world. I think mm-hmm. that China is putting itself there. And even look at what they're doing now. It's like, we go in Overthrow a government, cause instability, and then, like, take advantage of the chaos. We use chaos as a ladder, right, mm-hmm. to, to quote Littlefinger. yeah, yeah, yeah. China's like, hey, we'll loan you guys money and help you build infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And that's how we're going to be friends with you. And now the dollar's kind of like moving out. People are starting to trade in one. You know, it's like, and India's like, hey, man, like, we don't really agree with what's going on with you guys are doing in Ukraine. And we're just going to buy this cheap oil from Russia because it's better for our people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, wow. I wonder when America's going to start like making decisions based on like what's good for its population. Because mm-hmm. I haven't seen them make a decision like that in even in, in my, in my lifetime. That because day, I was a freshman in high school days. when 9 11 happened. And I'm like, as a millennial, millennial, I've never seen this nation not at war, mm-hmm. right? Like my uncle was in Desert Storm, right? He killed. He didn't kill himself. So he drank himself to death. It's like he ran. A, he was the nicest, funniest dude ever. Ran a fifty cal out of the back of a Humvee and was never the same person again. Yeah, of course. Who could be? Yeah, right. He was. He wasn't built for that. Yeah, and it's like you see that and you're like, man, what the fuck are we doing, dude? And then I, I even get so frustrated with people like Tim Kennedy. Mm -hmm. right who I like Tim Kennedy I've known we're acquaintances I've been around him he's always been very nice to me he's told me some crazy stories and I'm like that's odd but like do you and we need people like that like those people are essential and I'm gonna go do sheepdog response and these things but like I'm like you just don't have I think it's impossible to do the things that you've done and be objective Yeah, it's
1: just not I just don't see it as being a thing that is realistic. Yeah, because if you you want to justify the things that you have done, and that's where people drink themselves into a stupor. Like, have you ever read Sebastian Younger's tribes? Tribes, Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's really interesting when you learn that. Yeah, like the communities are getting attacked. It actually really helps social cohesion. And even back in World War Two. Um, when the british uh, essentially started getting bombed and they needed all hands on deck the mental uh, institutions essentially became empty and like yeah. mental health pretty much skyrocketed people were because they felt like they had a purpose something yeah. to do and like all right yeah i can lay my life on the line but it's for a good cause and then if you there's actually have you ever have you watched the uh, all quiet on the western front I started it. I need to, I haven't, so I want, it's
0: one of those shows where I want to sit down and like really, cause it's also not in English. So I have yeah. to like really pay attention and I just wasn't there. I was like, it's yeah. like 10 10 PM. Like I didn't, I just need like a Sunday afternoon by myself.
1: Yeah. But it it was so good because you can see in the, in the first 30 minutes, it shows this whole process of all the young kids being propagandized and being riled up thinking like, all right, we're doing this for our nation. We're on the thing. And then you see instantly, as soon as they get to the front lines and see what is actually happening and what's actually going on, you can just see the switch flick in their head. They're thinking, this is not what I signed up for. Yeah. This is not what I thought was going to happen. And, even, oh. even the reasons for, in, you know, to go to something like Iraq, if you go to Iraq and you think it's this big thing, we're protecting the world from the uh, bad, the worst guys in the world getting WMDs. And then you've kill people and you figure out that five years later, that was all for nothing. Yeah then you're like, holy fuck, what's my moral justification for doing this now? Am I a terrible fucking person? Yeah. And that, yeah, like that will fuck with your head. Oh, 1000%. Cause you, you,
0: you have operated under, you've been propagandized mm-hmm. into doing the like uh, inhuman things. Yeah. You know, and it's different. Like I even look at it differently. Like I look at Genghis Khan mm-hmm. different than Hitler. Mm-hmm. Right. Even though Genghis Khan objectively did worse things. Yeah. Um, but his moral, his his justification was, and Dan Carlin has a great, great series of podcasts. I I think he was like great. forty. It yeah. was so good about the Step Nomads and the origin of all that. But like, that was the game that was being played at that time, right? Like that's mm. just what people that was con. It was conquest, and he was just the best at it. He even told the Pope that I don't, the whole line is so oh, funny. Really? So the Pope sent him a letter, being like, "This is, this is a, an abomination. What you're doing is like against you know the teachings of God." And he's like, he told the Pope he was like, "If God's not on my side." Uh, and he goes, God's got to be on my side because I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> it was like pretty much what he said. He's like, dude, so fuck off. Crazy. And I'm like, that's hilarious, but it's like, the way they went about it, it was just like, they killed millions of people with swords, dude. Mm-hmm. And they were just, do a siege and like they just had so many it was just people would just line up to die dude the craziest it's one insane. that i heard was
1: after they took a city and like started burning everything they would stack bodies and then place a table on top of it yes. and that's where they would eat they dinner. would
0: do that with the uh with the, um the higher class folks fuck and they'd eat dinner on th- they would just party on them until they died that's insane but they would take the in some of the intellectuals but if you just if you said that you were if you were like part of their military or part of the guard and mm-hmm. you wanted to join their side they would kill you immediately yeah it it's was like, so crazy because yeah, you're a trader. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, "What if you just didn't have an... You're like, "Hey, man, I'm just trying to like make a living here and stay alive." Like, I'm not. Well, fucking
1: and, Operation Paperclip. Yeah. it's the same thing. Like we fucking, yeah. you know, yeah, Werner von Braun, NASA scientist, or yeah. sorry, NASA head of NASA. Like, yeah, Nazi, Nazi, Nazi so he had, scientist, a
0: scar on his face. It's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, to speak on that though, like, have you seen the show Fury, the movie Fury? Yeah, yeah. That that opened my eyes too. And they like, like Shia boff um. Brad Pitt like, yeah. he's just so good like Inglourious yeah. Bastards* is one of my favorite movies too but it's such a like dramatized like it, that actually seemed like real and the scene that really st- like stuck out to me because I've always had this kind of thought experiment of like not all Nazis were bad people mm-hmm. like just that just that by itself it, that triggers people right it, like yeah. put you on your heels just like not everybody in the Taliban. like people, These people are desperate people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And not all American soldiers are good people.
1: Right? Yeah, well, Especially in, v- in fucking what's, Vietnam. What's the saying? It's like one man's terrorist, to, terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. Exactly. Yeah.
0: But that scene at the end, spoilers, um, where the young kid that was in the tank hides underneath it. Mm-hmm. Right? And the Nazis are marching by. And that other kid who's like his age looks under the tank and sees him. And they lock eyes. And he just stands up and walks away. Yeah. I was like... These are children. They're kids. They're seventeen, 18 years old. Like they're putting in a possible situation, and a lot of those Nazi soldiers didn't even
1: know concentration camps existed, mm-hmm.
2: right?
0: Well,
1: too. Have you ever read uh, "Ordinary Men" by Christopher Browning? No. Oh fuck, that'll shatter. i need h- to
0: drop all these book titles in the in oh, the show. Notes. Yeah,
1: I'll, uh, I'll I'll give you, I'll give you all of them. But dude, there. It, that was the most. It's a hard read. It's heavy as fuck because what they did is. So most people are like, oh, the people that were running the concentration camps, rounding up all the Jews, all of this, they were these bloodthirsty monsters. And yes, there was a lot of those but also what happened was as soon as the war started kicking off they gave people conscription age men the opportunity the choice they said okay you can either become regional police essentially become part of a police battalion like the Gustavo,
0: is that who that was or
1: no that was like the secret police okay okay. but you can just essentially become just like ordinary policemen but in these areas that we go and take over like as the front lines push you'll come in behind and you'll be the just like like middle middle management basically yeah of of the police yeah Yeah, so it was either that so you, you can either go front on the uh, fight on the front lines or you can become a just a cop essentially yeah and so a lot of dudes were just like yeah well i don't want to go to war so i'll take this cop job but those were the guys that were in charge of rounding up the jews after they came through that there. The fine print. so yeah so they didn't know this going into it and like so you know it wasn't like they were like oh yeah fuck me i want to go get me some jews a lot of them were trying to avoid conflict and then it slowly ramped up and ramped up. Like at first, yeah, it was just putting them into a ghetto and then it was okay. Now you're putting them on trains. All right. Now you're gassing them. It was like a domino. It was a step by step. And this book is an analysis of the, journalings of those police battalion members oh, so wow. you're literally reading word for word what these guys were going through and it is fucking tough and one of the one of the commanders of the battalions essentially drank himself into a stupor and like the other policemen would report in their diaries about hearing him wailing crying in his like drunkenly in his quarters at night and stuff a lot just being like i can't like what the fuck <laughs> like i've got to put these orders through but like like, like just losing their minds Mm. and so like there was yes undoubtedly i'm not trying to take away from the fact that yeah there was a lot of evil people that definitely got off and like all like you know, you even said this, like there's a certain amount of people that are sociopaths in society. Yeah, Those people thrived in those moments. They were like, fuck uh, yes.
0: There's a show on Amazon. I watched a season of called the hunters and they like talk about like how they would make them play human chess, but they would kill each other. Like that shit really happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not, I have zero intention of sugarcoating what Nazis did. Like this is not about that. Yeah. But I've noticed this about myself, particularly since leaving Christianity and getting into different types of belief systems, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's, there's, in so many different belief systems that are less dogmatic, there's not a good and evil. Yeah. And I think that's a narrative, that's a, that's a pre-programmed narrative that I think is advantageous to centralized power, mm-hmm. personally. So whenever someone's like, oh, it was the good guys versus the bad guys, I always am like, there's more to it than that. Yeah. Right? Because if you look at it, Henry Ford, was basically a Nazi. Alan Dulles supported the Nazis because he was more, or supported the Nazis because he was more scared of communism than he was of Hitler, mm-hmm. right? Like a lot of the people that were in the uh, beginning of the CIA, like you don't know that about American history because that gets whitewashed. Yeah, and It's yeah, like yeah. Oh, it was, we we won good versus evil end of story, and I'm like, that's the that's the like uh, Native Americans and Pilgrims having Thanksgiving story. Yeah, that makes no sense. Yeah, yeah but yeah. it's n- nothing
1: is ever that simple. Well, there's a great quote from the Gulag Archipelago. Alexander Solovyov I can never a say, I can say. never Ultimately say, sin. dude. Yeah. Dude, the fucking, all the Russians, man. Um, I'm, I'm reading brother Karamazov right now and yeah. all the names in there. It's like, holy shit. But, um, he, he says in that book, he says the, the line of good and evil is divided between every human heart. Yes. Like it's not in these groups. It's not this group, good, this group bad. It's every single human has the capacity for good and evil.
0: Yeah. And that's really why I, that's what I mean, just bring this into like religion and belief mm. systems. It's like, that's why I drifted. I just couldn't like God is good. Devil is bad. It's like, that just the whole thing was like, when you look at people like Zeus, Odin, Thor, Loki, like these different people that were part of these myths that didn't get, really get the respect they deserved. In my opinion, like they're all kind of like all the things. Yeah. Like we all have a little bit of like, yeah, some yeah, people yeah. are more Loki. Some people are more Thor. Some people, you know, it's like you have this kind of like Norse mythology, Greek mythology, and some of the Egyptian stuff gets kind of interesting and their gods It's like there were, there were nuanced characters that really me, shed more light on on humanity. Mm-hmm. You, all, you know, you know that guy. You know that mischievous fucker that's always like kind of, and you can tell in those stories you can like learn about that guy because there's some trends. Yeah. And, some, and, and you know about like the doofusy Thor who's like relentlessly loyal, always a protector, but just like doesn't make good decisions for himself. Or like Odin who is like always at a quest for knowledge and like a, it's like these, these things. We all have these like diverse personality traits, and we lean. It's like the big five. It's like you lean more in one way or the other, and. So that's something about that. And even Buddhism, it just it it has that like conf- confrontation with, with darkness within oneself. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that's something. And I think Christianity has a way of doing it. And I think it probably before bastardization, like was much different in that. And I've come around, I understand people get a lot of value out of that. And I respect that. Like my mom gets a lot out of it. A lot of my followers, people that are listening to this right now, like they have a hard time, but the people that hang around and like, listen to good faith criticisms of their belief system. Like I remember I was listening to Sam Harris, who I've, recently lost a tremendous amount of respect for, but was really impactful on my life before Trump broke his brain. Um, talking about how he would rather, if he was going to worship a God, he would worship one that was confident enough to accept honest criticism. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's where I'm at. You know what I mean? It's like that, that's what, that's how I feel. But I also think there's a diversity in belief systems too, that should resonate with different people. Mm -hmm. And I brought this up on the podcast talking about this thing. And I was like, if we had more variety in the mainstream belief systems that are prevalent in this country, mm-hmm. you would not have the same drop off in religion or, but this, which I, I don't like, because Buddhism isn't technically a religion. It's a, it's a system. It's a belief system. Yeah. Um, it's a practice. That's what kind of want. It's not a religion. It's a practice. There's not a dogma to it. It's meant even the Buddha said, like this is meant to evolve as people evolve. As people change, it will change. Yeah. And that's, at, at at odds with what people believe about Christianity all. But if you really look at it, that's it's done the same thing. And, but it accepts that about itself. Mm-hmm. Right? It's honest about that. And so for me, that was more resonated with me in a, in a deeper way than any other than anything else I'd ever really looked at, which struck me, you know, like really, and I, I could apply it to my life. And I was like, well, this is, this is beautiful, right? Like this, for me, this is great. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that if you, if Jesus is that guy for you, tight. You know what I mean? Cool. I used to be really resentful of it because I had my experience that I felt was super repressive, filled with shame. You know, it just like, it, it didn't make any sense. Like looking back on it now, but that's not what everybody, that's not everybody's, you know what I mean? Like some people like Coke, some people like Pepsi, whatever. Like I don't give a <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah. Um, and I think if we were able to elevate some of these other belief systems, if, if, if to be honest with you, and this is a, a harsh criticism, if, if Christians weren't so fucking insecure, we would have more. Uh, a a more of a moral framework that actually could be applied to a broad population. Yeah. But if you're, these are the same people that are like the marketplace, right? Like marketplace of ideas. Well, in the marketplace of ideas, your belief system has failed. Yeah. It's dropped off. And that's not the fault of people. That's the fault mm-hmm. of your belief system. Mm-hmm. And if you can't take responsibility for that, I think you're a fucking coward. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like why don't we look at like hey Hinduism's pretty cool. It can go, it can go wrong too. Mm-hmm. You know? I think the only religion that re, a belief system that doesn't really have like any major atrocities under its belt is Buddhism. Yeah. And they they still have one because they like they genocided some Muslims. Oh, yeah. You know, one sect, but there's like 25 sects of Buddhism, but they yeah. all kind of follow different principles and have. But again, within that belief system, there's other, like fragmented ones that you can also resonate with. You Zen Buddhist, or you know, it's like you yeah. can go into different styles. And so I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. But Christianity has that too. You Methodist, you Baptist, you Catholic. It's like the Judeo Christian stuff is really interesting to me. But it's like the reason I, I just I'm obsessed with human behavior. Mm-hmm. So I look at that, and it it intrigues me. You know, and like that's something. I feel like genuine
1: intrigue isn't really all that welcomed in that belief system either. So here's a question. Do you think it is possible for humans to not be religious? This is something I've been playing with a lot recently is I think it's almost a built in psychological hardwiring to, because you know, the, the, the opposite of it is nihilism, which always leads to depression and destruction, resentment, but you have to have some sort of faith in the world. And if you don't, I feel like that just manifests itself in weird ways because you know I I I really have been playing with this about how social justice you know I, I joke about wokeism being a cult, but it's very much it has it has all, the, if you all lay, the hallmarks of a religion. If you lay it out, gender ideology is the soul. It's this thing that lives outside of the body. It's it's yeah. It's yeah. it's in and of itself. And then you've got the um the forecasts of an apocalypse apocalypse, which is climate change. Mm. You've got the, uh, priests that are only the ones that are able to interpret the text that listen to the experts. You've got the Bible, which is the science. Yeah. There's no such thing as the science. Okay. Like, but all these things, it's like, that's religious behavior put into, uh, I guess what a secular belief system. Like, I don't know, but like, but it's not even secular anymore. Yeah, that, that, guess, you, yeah. you, you then fall, you fall away from secularity whenever you, it's true,
0: you know. Yeah. When you, it's like, but people don't want to embrace that because they've. I mean, the, the cool countercultural thing now is to be a conservative yeah. Christian. Yeah. Talks yeah. about this like there's a lot of 22 year old like Bitcoin Christians. Out yeah. there <laughs> but no, I think the thing is, people. If you turn it up on, on its head, right? People think that like religion is the origin of humanity. Yeah, I think religion is the byproduct of human nature. Mm-hmm. So it's they're, they're manifestations of us. They're our yeah. stories, and there's lowercase T truths and all of those things. Yeah. And where I think that it it matters most, if you like draw all the, like the, the major religions that have existed and like where do they overlap, there's your truths. Yeah, even right? you want to say like capital yeah. truths. Yeah, yeah Right. Yeah. So I think that that's like we are we're a narrative species. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we need those. I think we really need them. Can well, we live without them? Like, and too, it's always it's always going to be something, <laughs>
1: man. And too, you know, we were talking about this last night as well about ancient civilizations falling off, uh, great. Uh, great catastrophes wiping out humanity whether it be flood like i mean that's one of the overlapping ones right every single religion talks about a great flood and if humanity gets wiped out to the point that civilization is gone how do you convey the wisdom of your civilization like let's say generation generationally you tell stories yeah because you can't like you're Equations aren't going to last for centuries. Even written centuries. languages, it makes like even
0: <clears throat> like, when you start trying to like dissect Egyptian writings, like you don't yeah. know what the fuck they were trying to say. You can get a decent idea, I think, a decent framework, but there's always stuff you're gonna miss and the nuances of language, like yeah. And even I, we always, always use the example because I like, try to take those, like those concepts and shrink them down. Yeah, the Constitution in a hundred years will seem very similar to a foreign language. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like they didn't know what yeet meant. It's like, it's like so it's, it's different. Like you look at that thing and it's like language changes. Mm-hmm. So it's like even the written stories are lost. Yeah. You know, and the context is misunderstood. And so, yeah, there's like, how do you, but I you think, ha- it has to be like, there has to be like some kind of like, again, like resonance with it. It yeah. has to be
1: something that like really, you can break down because I do think that it does get like some of those stories and principles that are told and through religion, for instance, like the Matthew principle for those who have everything more shall be given. And for those who have nothing, everything shall be taken. Essentially. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you break that down, you know, this is something Peterson talks about as the Prado principle. Yeah. That's essentially the same thing as the Matthew principle, yeah. which the Prado principle is a mathematic equation. But if you think about it, it's, it's kind of like gravity in a sense. It, it's, it's physics because you know as you get more famous people want to attach themselves to mm-hmm. you so they give you more or i and then you can also take it to say a solar system planetary sense where as a planet gains mass it's going to suck up everything small around it and yeah. this happens everywhere i was dude i was i was <laughs> real stoned the other night looking at a pot of boiling water and was seeing that play out i was like oh all the big bubbles take in the little bubbles and it becomes a bigger bubble until eventually that bubble. <laughs> some high shit. <laughs> yeah. Until that, <laughs> until eventually that bubble becomes unsustainable and bursts Yeah, and then a bunch of little bubbles. And it's like, that's the Matthew principle.
0: Well, the same, right thing there. With the same thing with elk. Yeah. The biggest bull, the most dominant bull gets 80% of the cows Yeah, and the other ones might get bread here and there on the fringes, but it's
1: like, that's not how, so that's, that's it, how nature works. It, it, I was going to say, so like it, it, you look at these stories that are told in the Bible and you're like, yeah, it's it's a narrative, it's a story, but it's really talking about something that's like fundamental to nature almost. Yeah, one
0: thousand, yeah. yeah, exactly. And there's but there's that that's people will think that that's exclusive to the Chris, Bible. Yeah. And it's like, well that was actually that was, that's that's a story. Like a lot of these biblical stories are stories borrowed from other things. Yeah. You know, and you get I actually had a really really profound experience with my mom. Like we had a really rough relationship for a long time and actually psychedelics like got me to like Chill the fuck out, because I would try to like convince her that her religion was stupid, and I'm like, why are you trying to take this thing away from this woman? Yeah, like to her it's real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. To her it's real. Yeah. She credits it for a lot of positive changes in her life. Great. So we, but I made a deal with her. I went to church with a I I hate her preacher. I, I see darkness in him, and mm. this is like a very like a very. Hip, and I like feel it on him. I'm yeah, like, yeah. I don't think he likes me very much either. So my mom talks to him about me and like knows where I'm at with shit. Um, but I went anyway. I went. I was like, I'll go to church with you. It was Like on a holidays years ago. I was like, I'll go to you, but go with you, but you're going to listen to this podcast. We had an hour long drive after church to go to a family function, and I was like, you're going to listen to a secular Buddhism podcast with me with this podcast we called Least to Listen to. And the funny thing was, right, like the message of the sermon and the message of that podcast, it just happened to be left released like around the same time. Like we're the same. The difference was at the end of the sermon, it was, and if you don't take Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, none of this matters, basically. <laughs> and this guy was like. That's just not how, that's not how Buddhism works, you know? So it was like the same message and it really is, it it resonated with her too. I was Mm -hmm. like, do you understand now why like that's, they're similar but different? Yeah. You know, it's like which one fits the vibe for you? Cause you got to think like the, the reality of them is different, but there's like, there's truths in those things. So Buddhism is 2000 year old, and Christianity and like, these things are older, but you see these things. It's like, yeah, that stuff, that's a, that's a law of human nature, right? Like yeah. Some uh, Robert green shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It very yeah. much is like looking at it and be like, that's just, that's, that's how people work. And if you think about it and if that's even what I try and do as I kind of change the brand was like, I intended to do more of a kind of a human behavior take on politics because that's what, that's what fascinates me. That's what mm-hmm. I'm passionate about and i understand it well and i've been obsessed with it since i was in my early 20s but i got away from it like just i was just so
1: bitter and resentful which is was honestly justified and that's where i was getting with it too and that's where i fucking started yeah feeling my mental health decline i started yeah gaining weight that's when that's when i gained weight was when i was talking about current events all the time i was right? mad about everything dude yeah and it was just like holy fuck i need to stop paying attention to this shit especially having a kid like that yeah. changed it for me too i yeah. was like
0: oh it was getting close and i'm like i do not want to be this type of person mm-hmm. around my daughter like i just yeah. have or my kid i didn't know my yeah. daughter at the time but yeah dude I, was, I wanted to get into that with you because like i feel so much better like i can do well, here's one sure. thing too i can like make a few notes and come out here and knock out a podcast yeah do a premium show do whatever patreon's like growing my audience is grown by like I used to grow like a thousand, thousand followers a month, which mm-hmm. it doesn't matter, but it does because that's like your business, and it's like started moving back. Up. I think people were fatigued with it. Too. I think everybody was getting there with it. Yeah, which actually made it. I was like, that's actually better for me because I am too. I resonate with that, and what I put out is actually for the people that are fatigued with this now. Yeah. Um. But I was. We talked about this on Instagram. Just like, man, I'm I'm exhausted with this shit. I yeah. don't. I'm not cut out for it. Maybe I. Maybe I'm a little too sensitive for it. I think a lot of political commentators, like if you look at them, right? Like Kyle Kalinsky, Tim Poole, even Sager to an extent, like these guys, these dudes that are doing this, uh, Hassan Piker, Ben Shapiro. I don't think I'd want to go have, hang out with any of those guys. The one exception is Russell Brand.
1: Yeah. Russell, hey, <laughs> Russell Brand is the shit.
0: Russell Brand is the tits. He's yeah. the only guy I can look up to now. Yeah. Like all of my like idols have burned. Yeah. As far as people I used to look up to, Sam Harris, JP Sears, like these guys who I thought like I really had respect for, I'm like this is this is a, it's a clown show now. Yeah. You know?
1: And, and I think that's inevitable if you play that game and it's funny now cuz now I've started trying to get to the underlying truths of instead of just saying how I see an event, I'm trying to explain how I think about concepts in general now and then people can it's it's funny seeing people impose those uh, I guess what I talk about in those videos Onto their thing. So like, for instance, one of the videos that I've done recently that is, that popped off across pretty much all platforms was talking about how victim, how every dictator uses victimhood to seize power. And like, that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's literally the road. That's the first step is claiming victimhood. So it was a divide and conquer type of strategy too. Yeah. 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 And how and that popped off and it was just hilarious seeing all the comments being like, this is exactly what Trump is doing and, or this is what the liberals are doing. And it was just, (laughs) it was just hilarious seeing it play out, but it's like, yeah, they're both doing it, but you guys are still stuck in this one dimensional view of it. And it's like, it is true that, yeah, but you're, you're only looking at it through one lens. And so that's where I've started trying to get to now is going like, all right, what's the underlying truth that, You know, and it sucks to see people take that and then just be like, this confirms only my point of view, but what can you do?
0: Yeah. I mean, people are going to see things through the lens. And that's the thing I I always bring this up. I talked about this, um, especially having a kid now, but something I always really thought was like my experience at a grocery store is different than a fat person's experience at a grocery store. Mm -hmm. It is different than a kid's experience at a grocery store. What you see, what you notice is what you want to see. Yeah. I'm like, oh, those steaks look really good, or oh, there's like a cool keto new keto yeah. snack. You know what I mean? I look at that kind of stuff, or oh, the yogurt like Siggy's yogurt is is flavored, but it doesn't have a lot of sugar in it. Like, yeah, I know. I like I'm like always scanning for those things. Whereas kids are looking for whatever kids like. I don't know, colorful, like, sweet. Yeah, yeah, like you know, like th- like whatever. And then uh, uh, somebody who's obese is going to like go down different aisles than I go down. Yeah. you know, one thing that astonishes me going to like a King Super's here, like a normal grocery store, which is, is such a privileged thing to say because I shop at Whole Foods mostly or Costco, but it's like. Um, there's a lot of stuff there. Not a lot of food. Mm. I'm like, where's the food? Yeah. You guys have a food set. Like where's the real food? Yeah. And I'm like, they're like, um, this
1: is, I'm like, no, that's not what that is. Yeah. (laughs) That's a food like product. Yeah. (laughs) It's a food adjacent, I guess, but it's not food. Well, it's interesting to your point about how people see different, see things differently is we're hardwired to see things in our value structure. Yes. So, you know, um, there was a study done where, it, it's a famous one back from like the 90s, I believe where they got students to sit down and watch a video of pe- stu- people tossing the basketball yeah. back and forth, right? And then a gorilla walks through the frame and they say how many people, it, or they asked the students to count how many basket how, how many passes. times the basketball yeah. passes. And then they asked the students, you know, how many of you saw the ape go through the middle of the screen? And all of them were like, wait, what the fuck were you talking about? And it's like, yeah, you're focused on that value system. So if your value system is, all right, I want to get food that, tastes good and makes me you know numbs my stress for the for momentary then it's like you walk into the grocery store and all you're going to see is that heavily processed foods i can i even i'm one of those people where it's like my vice is definitely food if anything yeah, and so I can be that way, but yeah, it, it it's you see the world through that lens and that taints everything for sure.
0: Yeah, and it's and it's funny seeing it play out on social media because you have I have such a wide we both have a very wide variety on the political spectrum yeah. of different people. Yeah, so like I put up a thing, you know, and it's like this guy's like, yeah, you just gotta love God, and I'm like, I didn't say that at all. He goes, yeah. love God and don't be a little bitch. I was like, <laughs> that's not what I was saying, but like yeah. that's what you think I'm saying. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Like that's weird, but okay. You're gonna hear <laughs> what you want to hear. Yeah, and it's it's interesting to, and people with that's never been more prevalent than with like Trump and Biden. In my mm-hmm. opinion, like you could say like um, Obama, even Bush to an extent could like Bush had nine 11, which he probably did. And then <laughs> you could like justify all of his bullshit. And Obama was just such a, a fantastic order and could like articulate himself yeah. in such a beautiful way. And like you, it was charismatic. Yeah. Then you had Trump who's like Rosie O'Donnell is a dumb bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Grabbed by the But it's like, but it's like he's going to be our president again, which yeah. I'm like, somewhat stoked for because I'm like fuck everybody like we live in clown world and he's the president of clown world yeah. Donald Trump is a president of clown world it's true and like he made all of you guys look stupid and I hate all of you guys yeah. now so like
1: every, don't, people don't understand how much people just want to see them suffer because they hate them so much yeah on both sides well politics deal. is downstream of culture yeah it's like so who who gets into office is just representative of culture and it's like yeah the what we're seeing now like a dude that can't speak or even know where he is at any <laughs> given point compared to essentially like, he's the best leader of <laughs> Yeah. I was <laughs> like, he,
0: what the fuck? And the people are like, Trump did what he said he was going to do. I'm like, he said he was going to do everything. Yeah, yeah. He said he so, was going to like so lasso anything. the moon. Yeah. Like, like, what are you talking about? He said, like, he just did like four things, but yeah. like, you know, like he just did tax cuts for the rich and like did some decent. I don't I hate all of his policies, yeah.
1: but like, he just, it's like, you can't. Well, dude, and it, it is funny too, because like, don't get me wrong. I think a lot of the shit that he does is hilarious, but then I also look at it and I'm like, do you want somebody hilarious as your president? I don't know. No, but
2: (laughs) yeah, don't. Yeah.
1: (laughs) yeah. But the thing is too, is there's such a hatred for him that people can't even see any of the, uh, policies that you're talking about even those moments where back in what when was it like 2017 2018 he was warning germany and the eu about yeah, becoming about dependent russia. on yeah. russia and germany sitting there laughing at him being like you're fucking stupid and then look now look yeah. what's fucking happening it's like he yeah. called it
0: well even like i somebody but they hated him so much they couldn't listen to it somebody posted a clip of hillary clinton chastising him for using the, the tax cuts right like the yeah. tax loopholes and she was—he was like, "You won't do anything about it because your donors use it. George Soros yeah. uses it. It like goes off lists off their donors." And yeah. she had nothing to say. Yeah, I was like, "Dude, that woman is the most unlikable cunt that's ever walked the face of the yeah. earth." Like, it's like she stri- and she wanted to blame it. The like liberal intelligentsia just could not accept that she just flat out lost to mm-hmm. a reality TV star. Yeah, yeah. And Bernie Sanders, in my opinion, we talked about this a little bit last night too, and got into it. Was like, would have been a pre- better president for COVID. Mm-hmm. And people like I understand conservatives out there. Hear me out. All the things that you hate about COVID. Right, the lockdowns, all these things, not people not being able to go to work, uh, pharmaceutical companies getting tens of billions of dollars. Do you think the Medicare for all guy, yeah, the pharmaceutical companies are corrupt, the healthcare system is broken? You think that guy is gonna cut checks to Pfizer for billions and
1: billions of dollars? And also give them immunity from any legal prosecution? Exactly. Like,
0: or not- or do you think he's gonna let the working class get absolutely hosed and, 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 fuel the biggest upward transfer of wealth that's ever existed in the, in the history of this, of uh, mm-hmm. this country. Yeah. No, yeah, no, he would never have done that. I mean, if you think he is like, you're so ideologically captured into the conservative trap, like you can't see it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and it's, it's so odd to me that I'm like, he would just would have been better for it. And people, the, the American public wanted Donald Trump, Versus Bernie Sanders, two anti-establishment yeah. candidates from very different backgrounds with very different ideas. That's what people wanted. I mean, if you put Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump on the same ticket, they're winning so much of the vote. It's going to be so. It make your head. That spin. would be crazy. That be can you imagine a Trump Sanders ticket? I mean, not now because they're both. I mean, they're both pretty old, but they're just both still with. They're both way yeah. more with it than Joe Biden is. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, sure. and they're both way more liked than Kamala Harris is. Like, who yeah. who are the Democrats going to run? You know, like, Rob, are Robert F. Kennedy? I'm supporting that guy.
2: Yeah.
1: That would I'm be that's interesting. It. Just as a if troll, he gets though. any, uh, yeah. But if he gets any traction too, he's going to be the second Kennedy off for sure. I mean, we'll see. All his just, well, just everything he says about stage. vaccines, like there's oh. no way that the that the if the if establishment hear, if you, wouldn't if, let Bernie through, they're not letting if, him, if him through. If Rogan
0: has him on, yeah, because his voice has gotten better. If he has him on, yeah. you, you hear what he has to say. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Yeah. Like he's like, listen, I'm not saying that vaccines are 100% the cause of autism, mm-hmm. but I know that when I was growing up one in like 30,000 people was autistic. Yeah. And now it's like one in 30. Yeah. And that's happened in the, since my, in my lifetime. So maybe it's fire retardants and clothes. Maybe it's chemicals in the water. Maybe it's vaccines. It's like so, so all these things happen think, at the same time. I think, so it's like, it's, I think it's, it's all of them. It's, it's something, it's environmental <laughs> factors it's of them. some kind. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm like, honestly, I like, I'm very open about the fact that Roe is not vaccinated, and she's not going to be vaccinated. Yeah. People are like, what are you going to do about the vaccine schedule? And I'm like, we're not. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, what it's what possible
1: roadblocks can you run into with that?
0: Um, well, we both, we're either going to be living here or in Texas, and we both have. Okay. You don't have to have a religious exemption; it's just a belief exemption. Okay. So we're straight. Yeah. I mean, interesting. Maybe colleges, but yeah, you know, when you get a full ride for volleyball, like they don't really ask that many questions. And also, too, with the way that colleges are going, it's like, are really, they going to be, be around? <laughs> <laughs> so. Right? It's just going to be college, It's It should be like professional sports now. Yeah. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, no, you go to yeah. go play in the, you it's, know, go, it, it's yeah, like, it's going to take over for amateur sports. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. But yeah. It's like, um, but it's like, I, after all this fuckery, I'm just like, I already had, and this is the thing, I was so skeptical of that community, like the, of the, fucking pharmaceutical industry like since i was like, all i was on this shit way before it was cool mm-hmm. i was like it, it, but be, pre-blm i was like dude, the way that like marginalized communities and i mean white communities too all of them get treated by the cops is fucked yeah like my dad has a rod in his neck right seven guys busted into his house for nonviolent drug crimes busted into his house in the middle of the night with ars pointed at his face while he's in bed right could have just came and got him Could have just showed up with three dudes, guard the back door. You got to do your thing. Bust in there like a fucking raid, these small town cop dickheads. Then they try to get, you know when they arrest you, they put your head like ear down? Yeah. He's got a rod in his neck. His head doesn't turn. He has to turn his whole body. He turns his head like a little bit, like 15 degrees. But not like a normal person. They try and like push his head on the ground. They get him with a risk of resisting arrest because he won't put his head down. And like beat the shit out of him. Like, Dude. and it's like, that's just a, that's an addict. Yeah. He's an addict guys. Yeah. Like he's not, he's not the, he's not the fucking kingpin of this shit. <clears throat> and here's the funny thing that happened with that. When that all went down, here's how fucked up the war on drugs is in these small towns. Right. First off, the small town cops that take up a ton of tax revenue. There's so many cops in my hometown, 9,000 people, so many fucking cops. I think a third of people who live there are fucking cops. Wow. It's insane. Like you go to and you're like, why are there so many cops here? So mm-hmm. like, Cause all they do is give high school kids tickets for their window tent or you're not wearing a seatbelt. I probably got like six seatbelt tickets in high school. It was yeah. absurd. And it's just like tax collectors for the fucking road. Exactly. That's all they do. They just sit outside and wait for you to leave the parking lot and pull Mm -hmm. you over for something. Um, So it's a huge part of that. But then they can't, they're incompetent. So they can't do this raid. Right. So they get the feds in there and they bust up all these meth rings, right? In a small town, as if a small town is going to like stop doing meth because you get rid of everybody who sells meth. Right. Yeah. So what you had was kids of these very prominent families. And my hometown in Graham is like, it's like America under like shrunk down to 9,000 people. You have very rich people and you have very poor people. And it's like, it's, it's, there's a little oligarchs of the town that like are prominent. It's really, it's really interesting if you look at it that way. So these wealthy kids who got into drugs were, became like the leaders of these drug little mini organizations. Right. And so what my dad did from what I understand was like basically just move stuff back and forth. So he was involved in that. Yeah. They got in for narco terrorism, oddly enough, which was like strange to me. I'm like, that what does that mean? Yeah. Um, but it's like local drugs, you know, heroin and meth. So in that whole deal, like they arrest everybody. Okay. Of course the people who are in charge all get out on bail and have yeah. good lawyers because they have money. Yeah. All the people who were basically just addicts that were doing the bidding to get their fix whatever. Cause of course you lose your job when you're fucking an addict. Um, those guys stay in jail for five or six, seven years. Right. Then there's a meth vacuum in my hometown. Right. And a heroin vacuum in my hometown. So who fills that vacuum? The white supremacist organizations that run drugs. And they run really hot meth and heroin. So in the first week after that bust, seven people died of overdoses. Fuck. So you did nothing. Yeah. You did nothing. You didn't slow down. All you did was like pat yourself on the back and seven people died. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, well, that's their fault for doing it. Yeah, it is. They're still dead. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like my mom's clean. She was an addict. My dad's clean. She was an addict. My aunt's clean. She was an addict. So it's like these people could have had a chance. Yeah. You know, they had families. They're dead now. So for what, what did you do? You did not, you did not a fucking thing. Our tax money paid for you to do not a fucking thing. Yeah. And it did like that. So when I look at it, people are like, you know, they want to make it about race. And I'm like, my dad's a white guy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? The people that I know and that they like, they were poor, but white. Yeah. And it's like poor white people get treated like poor black people and poor people get and just like poor Mexicans get treated. It's it, there is a fucking problem. Mm-hmm. And if you make it about race, you distract from the whole thing. And I feel like that's so orchestrated. I mean, we talked about this a bit. It's like, whether it's plastic straws or climate change or BLM, it's a fucking di- all of it's a distraction, so you don't it's like Lockheed Martin can put a fucking pride flag and throw some trans people on a fucking float, put them on the board, and it's like, oh, you got a better ESG score now. Yeah. It's all bullshit. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna ban plastic straws. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I don't I think straws are kind of silly. Pour the fucking drink in your mouth, idiot. Mm-hmm. Like it's
1: not that hard. I mean, I get in a hospital or something like that, but like I think it's hilarious too when I see especially this is something Tim, we were talking with Timmy's, yeah. but this is something Tim Hortons does is if you get one of their frozen drinks, they put a paper straw in a plastic cup. You're like, What's yeah. And I get the small plastics more damaging than big plastic. And like some of those,
0: like, I think the cups that are like the <laughs> biodegradable plastic ones, like mm-hmm. the, they're like vegetable plastics, those, like if you leave them in your car and it's hot, they'll just melt. And I'm like, that's what plastic should do. Yeah. Like, they don't, but they don't turn into like microplastics. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I don't know. Maybe they do. Maybe they're worse for the environment. Who yeah. fucking knows? But like, there's so many of these things that are just a distraction to keep right. us from addressing. It's like, it's like, it's just, you talk about climate change all the time, and there's yeah. a client you talked about like that's the that's the the that's their apocalypse, right? Mm-hmm. It's the climate situation that was supposed to have happened three times by now. Yeah, and I'm not saying that climate change isn't real.
1: Climate change happens all the time. Are we mm-hmm. helping it? Absolutely not. We're not making yeah. it any better. So it's like, well, I I look at it and go, this this is how I look at climate change is one, climate cooling is. Definitely worse than climate warming. One thousand, yeah. Like it's like it's cold fucks human nature, like yeah. humans in general. And also, do you expect to be able to keep the climate stagnant? It's impossible. It's, not it's impossible. To be. It never so, has been. So, and that's what all their goals talk about is capping climate change. It's like, we're going to keep it under two degrees. It's like when Yellowstone blows up. This place is going to be in an ice age. Exactly. So, (laughs) so you sit here and you go, okay, just, I've even said like, yeah, I, I believe the climate's warming. I believe humans have a negative impact on environment, but I don't think your goals are, will do anything to change that yeah like for instance even all this sustainability talk over here it's like have you seen cobalt and lithium mines for for like you know talking about an electric car it takes like 10 years for an electric car to become carbon neutral yeah and how many people keep cars for 10 years and especially especially the people that can afford those cars you keep cars for 10 years Cubans. (laughs) (laughs) Cubans. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, they got some wicked cars down there. They do, that's yeah. the beautiful
0: cars. So, back like when America made good cars in the, in and the 50s.
1: Then, and then also, you know, they, they stop all the the um, natural gas and oil production here and it's like we're not consuming any less of it yes. so all you're doing is exporting your carbon footprint to countries that have worse environmental regulations than we do right so it, it's literally just an out of sight out of mind thing like you were 1, saying thousand percent. it's, 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 it's focus on this issue. little yeah. thing and, and just don't look at this
0: yeah like that's something about oil and gas here is it's highly regulated i grew up in the oil and gas mm-hmm. industry and the railroad commission would fuck your ass all the time for yeah. dumb shit and it's like you had to get around them as a whole thing. It's like, they're on top of it mm-hmm. that's happening in, in the South America. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's unlicensed gas mines or, uh, uh, oil refineries. Yeah. That people do like I've watched it on a uh, traffic with Mariana van Zeller. I believe her okay. name is it's no, great. She's good. been on Rogan a couple of times. Really cool show on Nat Geo, but, um, watch it on Hulu, but she's, uh, She's a real investigative journalist, and she's been doing this for a long time. She got famous for the uh, the opioid highway in Florida, like when they do the pain clinics and stuff. That was her first big thing. She did that when she was like out of right out of college. Crazy. She like uh, applied for this like um, basically like this like scholarship to do a documentary series, and that was what it was about. And it was very well done, really well done. And she's so good. She talks about all kinds of shit, but like these illegal gas refineries are how a lot of the Kind of uh, terrorist organizations and like the you know these like gangs essentially get their fuel mm. to run drugs and and so they, they'll they'll steal gas from Conoco Phillips or whoever's down there drilling, they'll siphon off the pipeline, refine it themselves. And it's just like the, do you see where it's just oil everywhere? It's gross. Wow. And they're running those and they'll take that gas, put it in plastic bags and then deliver it to the people who are running cocaine from South America. So it's like, it's like they create these little ecosystems, but it's yeah. like, it's just, it's like, that's just, so you prefer that over drilling wherever. Now, when it comes to like drilling in like a salmon hatchery, I'm like, no. yeah, You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like, you got like and this people like, well, it's a pipeline. Pipelines always leak. Casing pre- casing if you don't know what casing is, you don't need to deserve to have an opinion on this. Casing always leaks. All of it always leaks. It leaks. Mm-hmm. It's what it does. It's corrosive. It's just how it goes. If that's I I've been around this shit my whole fucking life since I was five years old. Mm-hmm. Like I was opening gates for my granddad for three dollars an hour when I was five years. No shit. <laughs> like that was what I was doing. You know, I had to remember the gate combinations. I'd get out and open the gate because, you know, it was just that was my job. And um so I mean I used to hunt deer off of a pumping unit. I would sit on a pumping wow. unit with a rifle. Uh, I was that's always it. too scared to shoot it off of there, but I I tried. Yeah. Um. So it's like, that's just, I know this shit. I've been well, around into, in, And in, people don't, but people want to hear And even the, like Keystone XL pipeline. Yeah. Trash. Stupid. Nobody. Break, oil break
1: that down. Cause I've, I've, I've never heard, I've heard bad takes on both sides. I've, I okay. have, I've hardly heard a good take about it. So that. one, it created, Fifty jobs,
0: five yeah. zero yeah. created like a few thousand. I think four or five thousand temporary jobs, contractor jobs. Yeah. I mean, a lot of those gas pipeline guys work for they. They work for a big company's always building them, or they contract out. Okay, which is cool. Like those guys have an important job, and that they're blue collar workers. And I'm a blue collar dude, and I appreciate and respect those guys forever. Um, that being said, Barnett Shell, like from Texas Panhandle, and those kind of like those thirty thousand foot wells that are horizontal stuff from the from the Gulf, um, stuff from Alaska, deep wells that's higher quality oil mm-hmm. and what people don't understand is like the, all oil isn't all crude isn't crude all the yeah. same right you you like yeah sweet crude you've got different kinds of crude that do different kind of things you've got a certain amount of gas that's also coming up so when you when you drill a well you've got your uh your like what your pipe like usually it's, what we were doing was like two and seven eighths we had five thousand foot wells and you have casing on the outside of that gas comes up that it goes a different route because when you were doing all that in there you're like also getting natural gas yeah and that goes through a different system okay and we had a what's called a 15% cut usually 7 to 15% which is a really good cut cuz what you're thinking about is that like, all that comes out of the ground isn't all oil yeah right it's when it was 75% salt water okay right or yeah 75, 75 to 85% salt water yeah so you have to put all that salt water back in the ground so you have injection wells like people don't understand all these like nuances right so But the Barnett shell oil, like they say, these things that are deep, these thirty thousand foot wells, they're doing, they're crushing it. They're drilling horizontal wells, so they're going in the ground and like turning out, and you know, frack. That so it breaks open the all the like formations of the rock and they get more oil and gas that way. Okay, and it's better quality oil and gas. So our domestic oil is fantastic. Mm -hmm. The Alaskan oil, fantastic. Even Canadian oil can be fantastic, but that tar sands oil that was going to be put through the XL pipeline is mostly used for making plastics. Yeah. So that was good for a handful of people. It was good for Canada. Yeah. It was good for the refineries and it was good for China. Yeah, that's who that was for. That had nothing to do with how American China ch- play into that because they make all the plastics. They oh, use all true. the plastics. Okay, so we yeah. find it into like a plastic because that's all petrochemicals, right? Yeah. So you're, you're they do all they they make all the plastic bullshit that we want for no fucking reason that shouldn't really even be around. Like we have low quality trash, right? We don't live in the fifties anymore. Yeah. So like that that project, I'm not opposed to pipelines on principle, but that project was fucking useless. It was yeah. costing us money. Right, and did, it did create temporary jobs, but we've seen how the chase of temporary gain has caused us more problems. And it just wasn't—it was good for the donors to the Republicans. That's why they always talk about it. And Ted Cruz doesn't know this shit. I could see, I could talk Ted Cruz into the fucking ground about the oil and gas industry, and he's a fucking senator from Texas. Yeah, like he doesn't know shit. That guy has never worked a day in his life. Just go t- look at that guy's hands. He's got little bitch hands. Mm-hmm. You ever see him talk? It's like it's like worse than Trump's little bitch. I hands. try not to. It's the worst. And I'm like, this guy doesn't. Know. He. I'd probably be like, hey, Te- hey, Ted Cruz, what is a pumper? What does a pumper do? What's a, what's a, uh, what is, what is, what does a roughneck actually do? Do you know? Or do you just pander to them? Yeah. And he, he wouldn't know. I guarantee he wouldn't know. Yeah. He doesn't know shit. And these guys want to talk a big game, but it's like, you don't want to talk about the nuance of it. Yeah. Like I think pipelines are important and I think there should be a pipeline from Alaska we right, was going to have to go through Canada and I think drilling in Alaska on federal lands is probably a good idea depending on what the federal lands are. It's so nuanced, right? Are we talking about a place where caribou, like a refuge for them mm. that you're drilling in? Well, that's a different conversation than just like federal lands. Federal yeah. lands means a lot of things. There's federal lands behind me. There's federal lands over here. You know, you, they, they graze cattle on a lot of them. They drill wells on a lot of them and it's just like a pasture. Yeah. But that's not like, it's not, it's not an ecosystem that can really be disrupted by a saltwater leak or mm-hmm. something like that. But when you do leak saltwater, right? If oil grade saltwater leaks that grant, like, you know, the, the phrase, uh, salting the earth. Yeah. That's what it does. Okay. You ever see a place where a saltwater leak happens? It is sand. Fucks it. And there's nothing because nothing grows. So there's yeah. nothing feeds there. So then it doesn't get fertilized. So it just turns into a fucking desert. It's Damn. gross. So now what they'll do is they'll actually plow it all up. They'll plow these huge fields and then infuse manure and like, nitrogen in there and get it to where it'll grow again because it's happened so many times, but it always will happen. Mm -hmm. So if you think that a pipeline is safe, it's going to leak. Yeah, That's part of the deal. You don't need to sugarcoat that. Yeah, But that XL pipeline, the Keystone XL pipeline was a fucking trash idea and it did not benefit Americans whatsoever. In the short term, maybe those 50 people who had jobs managing the pipeline, it's not that hard to manage a pipeline. It doesn't take that many people. One person can manage hundreds of miles of that thing. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you look at it, it's like nobody wanted to have that conversation, right? Nobody that's like, yeah, I think energy independence is incredibly important. I'm that guy, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And also, no, I agree too, my yeah. granddad was like, and he, I got this, my granddad, who worked in the oil and, gas industry, oil and gas industry since he was 16, he was a rig hand at 16, you know, wrenching rods. If you don't know what wrenching rods are, you probably don't deserve to have a fucking opinion on yeah. this. You know what I mean? Like I so said, yeah. it's like, so it's one of those G- things where it's like, you don't if you don't know what these things are, and you want to speak like you fucking know,
1: Educate yourself. To your point, too, like the two things that every nation needs to have control of is for themselves is agriculture and energy. Yes, it's like if you don't have those things, you are instantly a slave to another nation. Yeah, like because you are dependent, your survival is dependent on another nation, and like anything that you're dependent on, you're slave to. Yes. So yeah, and I always also think while you're talking about a lot of this is both sides don't want to have the conversation about any of the potential consequences of their idea or the lack of improvement that their ideas put forward. And I always think back to that Thomas Sowell quote of there's no such thing as solutions, only trade-offs. Yes. And it's like, that's how I think about all of this is like, there is no, there is no perfect solution to the world's problems on either side. And, and that's, that's all that these politicians do is frame everything that they have as the solution to all the problems.
0: Yeah, it, it, makes, it makes no sense. And it's just, it's manipulation on a large mm-hmm.
1: scale. Like, as, as, I, as I really, like,
0: dive into looking at this through the human behavior lens, right? Yeah. And my, my kind of, like, you know, I, I run the podcast on principles. Like, it's mm-hmm. just where we, and that's a big part of what we talk about. And it's, like, you need to understand those for yourself. You need to understand what they are for your country. And if you look at the United States, like, what principles we operate off of, and I'm, like, none that I can see that are really positive, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. I think it could be better, but nobody, like, We've been gaslit so much, and there's so much distrust in institutions, which is healthy. Like you should, yeah. but like the people that are supposed to have, uh, you know, tension, uh, uh, a lot of tension between them and, and centralized power, like have become slaves to it. Yeah, you know, like journalists on the right or the left, or the like, they're all, with the, with the exception of like a half dozen, yeah, are just cucks. Yeah, you know, for and sure. it's like, and so it's, it's poisoned us mentally. Yeah. Like we live in a world that's just like, it's so disgusting. I
1: mean, and just like you were saying about the whole cop situation of where they have to do shit that doesn't benefit anyone and arguably makes things worse just to justify their existence. Yes. And you see this across all sorts of different institutions. Like, you know, okay. If you have a, a massive bureaucracy that is supposed to solve the homeless crisis they have, and like, if they solve it, they lose all their jobs. That institution goes away. If you think like they, they're like disincentivized to actually fix it, operate from incentives.
2: Yeah,
0: living things doesn't matter what it, a fucking mm. tree yeah. operates from incentives. It will mm-hmm. grow towards where it gets the sun. Yeah, or where it gets nutrients from. Roots yeah. will grow that way. The, you know, you can see it above the ground. You can see it below the ground. If you embrace that, like human beings will always operate from incentives. Mm-hmm based on in my opinion based on like the principles that you live by mm-hmm. so you're incentivized by that you're gonna move towards those organizations organizations move through those whether it's company whether it's a government whether it's a you know a city city council it doesn't yeah. matter what it is like in the homelessness crisis and all these things even the climate change situation it's yeah. like all of these things or on the others on the right it's like war yeah is, is there although is, it is
1: weird because now for the first time ever the right is the ones that are like Let's not go to war. Yeah, that's odd. It is weird. But there's a lot of people on the right, like Nikki Haley's, like we need to send more money to Ukraine. Like yeah. a
0: lot of these people, you know, I don't think that even Ron DeSantis would even be have the have the balls to go up there and be like, we're done with this.
1: Really, eh? You don't? Yeah. Oh, no. I don't pay enough. I didn't Bay, dude. Like he's. Oh really? <laughs> yeah.
0: He was the lawyer for Guantanamo Bay. I'm like, oh not, fuck! Yeah,
1: the no. worst. The worst. Lo- <laughs> like lawyers are some he, of the, he pe- worst he in the worst. He peaked place. in 2021. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, that's (laughs) rough. Meatball Ron is out, dog. Oh, fuck, that's crazy. Um, But yeah, and then also to the fact about these large bureaucracies, not only do they have an incentive to not fix the problem so that they can keep the bureaucracy alive, they're also completely detached from all consequences of their policies. So not only do they not... So if let's say they put up in, in a policy... And they start going in a certain direction, at least with corporations, if that direction isn't paying off, they have to pivot. Otherwise they are going to be fucking flooding out money. And it's yeah. like that they don't want that. So they're going to have to correct course. Whereas in politics, in government, they don't bear the consequence of the financial because it it's the taxpayers fill, still upward all the time. Exactly. And then also they don't have any issue on the end of if homelessness gets worse, so what? Like they, it doesn't affect them at all. No. And you're so, making two,
0: like there was a girl that a woman that, uh was a girl, she was like 50. Yeah. But um, this woman was, somebody interviewed her. I was like, Hey, what do you do? And she's like, I work in like a homelessness nonprofit <laughs> thing, yeah. whatever, you know? And he was like, how much, what's your salary? She's like $240,000. Yeah. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> and she's like, he's like, what, what's the major, how do we fix homelessness? She's like, housing, housing, housing. And I was yeah. like, Someone's out of her mind. She's
1: and thinking, also she's making a quarter million dollars a year. And that's and that's how, dude, again, that's how you look <laughs> at that's how you look at again, going back to say climate change. Everything is just subsidizing. Is there is there fix to everything? Is take money, redirect it into something else. And you can see how that doesn't work at all. Everything that the government subsidizes is astronomically more expensive mm-hmm. like education all of this and then even to the most recent example of it was ev vehicles when the government was like oh we're gonna put in a seven thousand dollar rebate they went up by seven thousand they went up by seven thousand dollars that week <laughs> like these corporations know how much people can afford so yeah. if they know the government's going to give you seven thousand dollars then they can raise their prices by seven thousand dollars yeah it's a, it's you're just taxing people on both ends you're getting fucked both sides it's so crazy like i have you know and I, I, as somebody who like leans left
0: yeah. you know on the whole deal it's like but it, i i won't leave that like yeah I, if you look at the spectrum now it's like probably like right in the middle but there's like things that i just won't i'm like i'm over here well do you know the, your do you know where you are on the political
1: compass i was like bottom left okay over like three blocks over from the center. Okay. Because it is funny how people... I I think that would be a much more productive way to look at people in their political beliefs because everybody puts it into your right or left. And if you talk against the left, you're immediately right. Or if you shit on the right, you're immediately left. But if you look at... The political compass, like, it's like, okay, you've got authoritarianism and uh, liberty, and then you've got economic right, economic left, and then you've also got socially conservative or progressive. Yeah. And it's like, that's so much more of a dynamic way to judge your political beliefs. And like, for instance, mine, I think people would be shocked by mine, but it's like, I'm pretty much center. I'm like, if this was the T, I'm like here on the in the right economic, right. And then I am like 75% progressive. Yeah. And it's like, but yeah, I, I think with the way I talk, people are probably like, oh, that guy's hardcore conservative, but it's like, Dude, I've also yeah. never voted conservative. I've and voted, it's well, like, <laughs> I have voted for Dick Cheney, yeah. <laughs> no,
0: not Dick Cheney. Uh, uh, Dick Cheney. Um, uh, the Liz, fuck uh no, um, you're against Obama, Don uh, McCain. I voted for okay. John McCain, which is funny because I was like, it was my first time ever voting. Yeah. I was in college. Yeah. And I actually saw Obama speak that year at my school. Okay. He was so good. Yeah. But I was like, ah, I don't know. I think we need to really f- figure out this. Like, we got to really win this. <laughs> 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 oh, so you were all in on the uh,
1: the WND. Yeah.
0: I, I don't know if I was all in. I was just like, you know, this was like, this the propaganda that I had yeah. been propagandized with. And yeah. then I remember like, but then Obama dropped like a bajillion bombs and like we ran out of bombs and I was like this
1: is a shit show. Yeah. <laughs> like, I will vote conservative this time around in in Canada. It's always,
0: here's a it, Canada's such a different I I envy Canada. Canada's like uh what do you guys the thing where you y'all's, y'all's government gets together just screams at each other? Yeah, the Like, house like of we commons. need that dude. The house We need, I want somebody to be like, I want Nancy Pelosi to be like uh, uh, or uh, Martin Taylor Green just be like Nancy Pelosi's a cunt
1: yeah. <laughs> from, from the back dude. dude it is great sometimes too it's so you fun see, they're like oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it becomes yeah it becomes oh fuck it's so close to that and dude th- so do you know like the conservative side right now with P- Pierre Poilievre? Yes. you've sent me some of his stuff and it's oh, really intriguing i like can this guy move he here is, <laughs> he's, he's people are like people try in Canada the left wing is trying to make him out to be Canada's Donald Trump and it's just <laughs> Oh, dude. Just, he's way more articulate than Donald Trump is He's way more articulate, but even his policies aren't at all. Like his immigration policies are way better than anyone on the left's. Like people will make it seem like he wants to, like he's a xenophobe. First of all, he's married to a Latino woman has mixed race kids. And one of the biggest things that he talks about with immigration is how he wants to take down the barriers of skilled workers in other countries coming in. He's like, yeah, if somebody has a medical degree in India, I want them to be able to practice medicine here.
0: See, I have I actually disagree with that. Do you? Because you get this, like you get this mind flight. Yeah. It's called, I, I agree with some of it. Like, yeah. it's like, yeah, d- definitely, you know, except from from China. Cause, you can't trust those people. (laughs) It's like, it's it's actually gone bad for all of us. Um, but a lot of places like, yeah, I think, you know, you get somebody over here who wants to go to medical school, whatever. But like, I think mind flight actually really punishes those. Explain mind flight. So it's like the smart people moving to like the West. Uh, Oh, okay. Economically advantageous areas. So it fucks those countries. So those countries don't have those people. Yeah. All of their smart people leave. Yeah. And so you have this like mind flight. So yeah, that could happen. And economically really hex fucks up. these like, these countries that really probably need those people. Yeah. But the, the
1: economics. Doesn't really, doesn't really add up for them. You know what I mean? But so, either yeah. way it's just funny but th- with the rhetoric that gets pushed against him of, of him being like extremely like yeah. this like that's, that's the they want to try to make him into a build a wall guy and it's just but like, he, even that like
0: the conservatives pretend to be anti-immigration they love illegal immigration yeah. it keeps wages low it's yeah. like and but they'll, they'll rah rah against it but it's like those fuckers like they know I actually talked to a guy who he came here like seven times and got, got sent back and then he finally married his wife okay. he owns a construction business his son actually owns the arch. Shop that I go to. Oh, cool. Um, he owns like a few thousand acres of he's like he's he's done really well for himself. Yeah. And he was telling me, he goes, I think conservatives got so mad when I said this. He goes, I think that the the Republicans were behind the caravans. He goes, Did you have to announce this stuff on the radio? They get people together, they get the buses together. And it's like, again, operating from incentives.
2: Yeah.
0: Who is who who looks better when there's a shit show at the border? Yeah. Who looks like the solution? Yeah. Not Democrats. Yeah. Right. Republicans look like the solution. It's true. So they're actually incentivized for it to be a shit show down there. True. Right. Yeah. yeah. Democrats have tried, but it didn't work for them. But like for Republicans, that shit really works. And it is a shit show. Like my friend was just hunting down there. They've got game cameras up on the, like their water, um, uh, like the water troughs yeah. for cattle. And there'll be like just a group of uh, legal immigrants, just like getting water there. They found two dead bodies on the property. Oh, Somebody God. set it on fire once. Like it was Shit. crazy. And he's like, they almost got T-boned, somebody would like reach the checkpoint, which is right past because their checkpoint is right past the property. So he would look right on this two lane, you know, this four lane highway with the median in the middle. It was going to turn like with traffic on the right side, and there was a car coming the other way he didn't see it I almost t-boned it. because they were Holy like got to the checkpoint, turned around and hauled ass. And it's like it's a, it's madness down there yeah. right now. But I, like if you look at it, the Democrats aren't the solution to that problem. No. So it's like, well, who again, incentives, like like I think right now there's a conspiracy to get Donald Trump to be the candidate for the Republicans. Cause they think they can beat him like for somehow they've like,
1: it's tried, so ridiculous. It,
0: that they think I think that, that this well. whole thing like, is like, it's like the the Democrats think they're, they're in their mind. They're incentivized for Trump to be the candidate, not Ron DeSantis. Cause they think he's Trump is less electable because of his like election fraud stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, you guys underestimate how many people hate you. Yeah. Like the independents are not going to vote for you. Like I'm not voting for them. I'm going to vote third party. I'm gonna support Robert F Kennedy or Marion Williamson just because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a I'm not I'm a registered independent so like I can vote for whoever yeah. in the primaries, and then I'm voting third party. Yeah, like I'm gonna encourage my whole family to vote third party because they they're in Texas so like their votes don't matter. So it's like
1: it's a fuck you vote. Yeah, yeah. Point. It's like it's
0: like a, I want a third party. Yeah, I want somebody up there that's outside of these two fucking shithole like
1: political parties to like make them look stupid. Well, and that is what's Rand interesting. Paul. Rand and, Paul is my other option. If
0: he if he ran. I would vote for him as a Republican. Yeah.
1: And that is what's interesting about the difference between Canada and the States is we do have more parties. Only liberal and conservative candidates have only ever run the country. But with the way that the House of Parliament works in, in the seats that you get, it does break things up a little bit. Except, I mean, you see now, because we have the Liberals, the NDP, which is New Democratic Party, which is essentially the Progressive Party. They're communists. They're oh, straight up yeah. communists. Like, it, it's actually crazy. It's the like AOCs in them? Yeah. I mean, I don't think, I don't think AOCs are communists necessarily, but it's, she's definitely a the rhetoric. The rhetoric going through, well, it it's insane going through the NDP, NDP party right now. Um, then you've got the conservatives, the Green Party, and the bloc uh, Quebecois, which is like the the frenchies um but frenchies. <laughs> but it's like so they all do kind of have a certain amount of seats in parliament and they can block things but i mean as you're seeing it now like the ndp and the liberals are one party they literally have an openly stated coalition and it's so fucking stupid because dude the leader of the ndp party is so retarded he <laughs> gets on He gets on TikTok and he's like doing all these TikTok dances. That's how he, because he's trying to appeal to Gen Zers and then just talks about, just talks about how we're going to give you a bunch of free shit. And like uh, uh, wealth redistribution, all of this kind of stuff, it, it's hilarious because the leader of the NDP will sit there on Twitter talking about all the bullshit that Trudeau does, and it's like you're the only reason that he's still in government because if if it wasn't, there would have been a no, there would have been a no confidence vote by now, yeah, for sure, and there would have been another election.
0: Well, that's what's weird about like the progressives, like. People I used to like, like David Pakman or Sam Cedar, like these guys, I used to watch them as like, when I was more, before COVID, when yeah. they like, again, they just, I feel like they just lost their fucking principles. Yeah. And I'm like, you guys will complain about the Democratic Party and then do exactly what they want you to do. Yeah. And I'm like, what? and to me, I'm like, again, like this thing through the human behavior lens, I'm like, what is that? Are you so scared of making them look stupid? Like, is that's, that's what happens when Trump, wins, I think they it's they just audience
1: capture, to be honest. I think it's, it's they so know crazy. who, I, I think it's just, they know who's watching them. And they don't want to lose their audience. Yeah. And, and I, I look at it as a, pr- like a pride. I take pride in a sense of losing followers. Like for every there's times where if I, yeah, if I have a video that goes super well, it's like all of us. Yeah. The, the follower count will go crazy. But on any given day, it's like I'm gaining 20 followers, losing 10. And yeah. I'm like, that's how I like it. I want to know that I'm like fucking getting rid of some of those grifters and shit that just want me to say a certain thing. Yeah. I don't like that. And that's, yeah. that's
0: happened to me before. Like I, for the past, saw us a thousand followers over the last six months, but my content's been super suppressed. Yeah, And it's funny because recently I did that Dylan Mulvaney video and things started turning around. So right. I'm like, for the first time moving back up, It's was like 14.6 thousand, which isn't a ton, but like it was yeah. good for me down to like, I went to like 13.6 now I'm back to 13.8. It was like disheartening because I'm like we're putting in a lot of work on this. And yeah, I, when I was really reevaluating and took a little break and had paternity leave and stuff like that, I was like I'm gonna go about this a different way. But I see, you know, because I brought up JP Sears earlier, and I feel like it's a grift what he's doing, and I don't have a lot of respect for, for it. sure. And we were friends, and I don't know where that is now. I still like, his, I love him, love his wife, yeah, I'm happy for them in their life. But it's just like I, it's playing a role. It's playing a role and I don't think it's, I don't know, but I also think he believes it in a weird way. It's very strange to me. And I don't, I I don't want to feel like I'm talking shit. I'm not a
1: hater. This is not what this is, but it's like, I think what bothers me the most about it is it's if you're playing a role, it doesn't bother me that much, but it's when you're playing a role and your role is talking about being principled. And and you're talking about values and all of that kind of stuff. It's like that's when I start to be like, "Oh fuck!" Like if you want to, if you want to play the Instagram, like for instance, a good example of it. And there's there's loads of shit you can criticize him on, but like somebody like Andrew Tate, it's like he's playing a character. Yes, he's playing a role. But like, I don't see it the same way as somebody that's he's not preaching morality. He's not sitting here saying he kind of does with his like he kind of does. In which way?
0: Like he's like, I mean, he's through Islam and his like, true. yeah, to that's, him, like, that's a turn. The, patriar- yeah, the patriarchy turn.
1: is moral. Yeah. But that's, but
0: the, I mean, that's the, true. I think he, I mean, he, I think he actually, like that's the belief system. Yeah. So, like, yeah. He believes that, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I, I guess, but I guess too, on the face of it is that a lot of people, it's like, he's, he's, yeah. So maybe he's doing that, but at least it's one of those things where, when you're putting that out there, there's so much pushback on it. Yeah, and it's like the it's it's very easy to say go into the Christian base or the social justice base and then talk about morality from that point and just get no pushback. Yeah, it's like yeah. I mean, so at, at least the, at it, the it, end of the
0: day, Andrew Tate is. Entertainers- Money cars and bitches. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like that's that's Andrew yeah. Tate's brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah You know, sure. which is alluring to young men and yeah. I get that. And yeah. there's a vacuum. Anybody who even has like a positive message for young men like Jordan Peterson yeah. that was really helping people, like they get demonized too, so why not be a demon? Well and if they're gonna a, demonize you anyways, be a
1: demon. That was that was something I've said before, is that so for instance, my take on Tate is that I actually agree with a lot of like the evolutionary psychology and stuff mm-hmm. that he talks about. He has some points. I I, I actually think he does hit a lot of truths, but I think there's a difference between speaking about truths and then what we should do in accordance with those truths. Yes. And that's where I differ with him yes. on, is going, okay. Yeah, that, that is true. Like, you know, he'll talk about how men are hardwired to have multiple wives and you know, it's like, yeah, that's true. But then I also look at it and go, I think it's our responsibility to kind of stay in that lane and kind of minimize the potential damage that can come from that. And just like on the other side where he says, like, you know, women are hypergamous, so they'll date up uh, across and up the social ladder. So, you know, if you're not making enough money, no woman will love you. And then it kind of ends up being like so dislike women for that fact and then yeah. i'm like no that's where i disagree with you they are hypergamous but i don't think you need to now have a vendetta well, don't, you don't need to have a vendetta against I think it's them more for status it. than money yeah
0: because i dated be above my station financially forever yeah it's true but that, i could have other to offer like this yeah bone, this bone structure yeah. <laughs> but yeah you know he, he his, his points and that's the thing is like i put out that dylan mulvaney video right yeah. with the bud light thing and i wasn't taking it as like uh this is anti-trans like i think the trans shit has gotten a little bit out of hand to it's be sure fucked. sure but like I'm, I'm pretty much chill with like adults do whatever they want yeah. i'm principled in what i think it's like sports of a different deal like i have a daughter who's gonna play sports my wife played like collegiate sports and my wife is like in the top kelly's probably in the top like 95th percentile for female athletes, right? She yeah. played a division one college volleyball. She can still go out and beat anybody. you know, that's that's not a professional. Yeah. And I can beat her in everything else. Yeah. Like everything else. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Any other sport, even sports that involve hitting a ball with my hand. Like it, it's just like, and I'm, and I'm in the, maybe the top 80th percentile, you know, of like mm-hmm. male athletes. So it's like, it's like, um, there's something to be said for that, right? Yeah, it's like, for And, it's, sure. and I, could, I could literally, as a washed-up weightlifter, like Olympic weightlifter, identify as a woman, have my hormones at that level, and go with break state records. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, we're seeing it; it happens yeah, all the time with it, with like sloppy technique and a yeah. power clean and push jerk. Like, it's just yeah. not; it would just wouldn't be that hard for me yeah. as a, as a, even as a super heavyweight, which is what I would be. I'm 220 some odd pounds. Yeah. Like, hundred, I would be 100 you know 105 kilo female weightlifter yeah. like those are rare and but that's what that new zealand dude did in the olympics and it's like what the fuck are you doing here and nobody cheered by yeah the way. Like, this, oh it's, it's, really yeah it was like a few people did but it was like Nobody was stuck on that. Like
1: well, and what's crazy, weird. what's crazy is we've reached a point where the audiences aren't in favor of what's happening. Like you no. even look at somebody like Fallon Fox in MMA, and I think that's the worst possible example of it. Yeah. Because it's a transgender biological male fighting in women's MMA and crushed multiple female skulls now. Yeah, it's like it's literally terrifying. like life damaging shit. Yeah. And but then you see there's there's really no public support in that other than maybe like the small pocket of the most extreme social justice people. But these institutions that are in charge of it have been captured by the DEI, like the diversity, equity, and inclusivity, yeah. where they're essentially the HR reps now. And they're the ones calling the shots. And it's just like, holy fuck, like, where are we now where it's like the institutions aren't even... Listening at all to the public. Well, opinion. that's the thing: is when you're incentivized to find problems, when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So yeah. it's like, oh, well, this is oppression. That's a. Pre-. It's
0: like you, you think people don't, don't want their jobs. Yeah. You go, oh well, we're done now. We're gonna move on and like yeah, right exactly. off into the sunset. But to speak on that Dylan Mulvaney video. Like that did really well. Yeah, people liked it. Am I gonna do it every fucking week? No. I could. I could double down. I could. I could jump on the right wing train, dude. Yeah, and grow my shit so fast. It's so easy, dude. Yeah, yeah. It is so easy, and that's why I get it. Like, I'm like, I don't like it. I don't respect it that much. Like, whatever, do your thing. Like, I'm pro freedom. So, like, if that's what people want to watch. Like, cool. I don't find it funny. I don't find it entertaining. Um, I don't find it productive. I think that you're making people hate their neighbors. And on principle, I can't stand for that. So yeah. I have to, you know, I feel like I need to say something. I'm not gonna like make a big deal of it. But it, I see, it, I see it happen a lot. Mm-hmm. I've seen it happen a lot, and when it when it happens to people that you care about, and it's like, hey man, make your money, stack your paper, dude. Like mm-hmm. that's what you, strike while the iron's hot, you know. Get while get, get while the getting's good. But whatever you want to say, yeah, like yeah. it's it's one of those things where it's like, okay, I, I get it, and also like I just I choose a different road, and it's not even me trying to be self righteous. It's like it's not that because like I have a family to take care of. Like I have things I want. Like. But I just like, there's got to be another way. You know, Well, there's gotta I, again, be I way. look
1: at it from a human behavior perspective where it's like you can or psychology, however you want to put it, is I know that, yeah, in, in the moments that you're doing those things, if you, say, take a grift one way or another and then just go completely head over heels into that world and fast track your way to success financially, it's like at the end of the day, I'm not going to sit there and feel good. Good about that. There's a point where the money. There's a point where the money. You're a whore, dude.
0: Yeah, you're a whore. Yeah, that's what it is. It's like you. You are. You're selling yourself. Yeah, and your integrity, in my opinion, my Mm -hmm. opinion only. Yeah, you're selling it for money. Yeah, that's it. You know, you're selling it for attention. You're selling it for clicks. You know, I had a guy, a guy I know actually, come in my comments because I said something about like sugar kills more kids than guns. uh, Guns. You know. Uh, then I said assault rifles. And some, assault. So one day, like some far right guy was like, well, they're not assault rifles. And I was like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Like we know what we're talking about. And also the term assault rifle was coined by the gun industry, right? Gun magazines. There right. was an assault rifle magazine in the eighties yeah. and nineties. So like you got weaponized against you, but they didn't come up with it. Yeah. Um, and people will always like forget that convenient fact, convenient, in- inconvenient fact for their narrative. So he came at me and then one so of my other was, was like, um, talking about how like he's mex he's from Mexico. like, uh, and but he lives in the United States. And he's like, you talk about how like just criticizing Americans for like praising guns and how guns are actually more of a problem than sugar. And I'm like, he's like a hey, healthy dude. Like I did cross it with this guy. And I was like, oh, you don't make any sense, dude. I ended up blocking him because he was yeah. like, he's like, yeah, get your clicks, do what your followers want. And I was like, fuck you, dude. Like that's yeah. not what this, I'm speaking. Like what my, what I think is correct. I'm speaking up against, I'm speaking up and it's not even, this wasn't even about guns. That was just like something I said. It wasn't even, that wasn't even the premise. It was like. This is a problem we need to address it needs as much attention as these other things yeah I think kids getting shot in schools is a fucking huge problem. I think it's terrifying I think I, I have to carry a gun with me all the time now because I'm, I'm like kind of like nervous about going to the grocery store somebody pulled out a gun on somebody at Chipotle over a double meat dispute dude and I was like uh, I'm gonna be carrying a gun from now on and yeah. I had a gun in my truck but I didn't have one with me and I didn't have my concealed carry license at the time and but I had taken the course yeah and like within the next week I had like gone to the the, the police station done my fingerprints, done my thing. Got my thing a couple weeks later, and I don't think I've had a not had a gun on me unless I was at a comedy show. Wow! You need, unless I have metal detectors to go through because they like yeah. are gun free zones. even then, I'm like, I'm in a theater, dude. Like just down the road in Aurora, Colorado, somebody walked into a theater and started shooting people. Yeah, like I don't want to be unarmed in this situation. Yeah, and I'm also the guy like it's 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 I, I don't like telling my wife like Hey. I really want you carrying a gun when you go to the grocery store. Yeah, yeah. And like my responsibility is carrying a firearm is like to make sure less people die. Mm-hmm. Her responsibility with a firearm is get the fuck out of there. Yeah. Like you're not responsible for anybody besides you and our kid. Yeah. That's it. Like get, go off the back and do whatever. Like and if you need to do something, like do something, but like I would rather you not fire that thing and just get the hell out of there. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's a weird deal or it's like, it's crazy. And the shit's getting out of hand, man. It's gotten really weird. And it's like, the, the, just like, the, like, like, I, like, observing my own cognition in those pro- and those problems. Like, I don't, like, I, like, joke with you about carrying a gun, or whatever, because I'm like, you're Canadian and I can make jokes about it. But it's like, I don't want to do this. Yeah. 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 You, I don't, <clears throat> I don't feel like a tough guy. I don't feel, you know what I mean? It's like, you'd rather live in a, city or society where that doesn't even come on. your mind. Yeah. But then we talk about like assault rifles and (laughs) ARs or, you know what, that's not, that's not what AR, AR for everybody out here who doesn't know what AR stands for. It stands for Armalite, Armalite. I know you wouldn't think that's what it stands for. That's what it stands for. Um, but it's like, when you talk about those, like it doesn't banning those things, Does no, it doesn't solve the problem. You can 3d print them. Now there's the, 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 we have such a surplus of them, which I do believe is a problem that the, the cartels have a ton of them and the cartels have a network, with criminals yeah. in the United States. So well, it's dude, like they're just going to come right back across the border like everything else. And it's like, well, to what, you're not solving a problem. You just make sure that only
1: criminals have these. Again, the, it's weird going back to the trade-offs, there's no such thing as solutions, only trade-offs. Yeah, I think, I don't think we would have ever come out of the draconian restrictions if America didn't have guns. I, like, globally. I'm like so grateful. Globally. Globally. It would have been like Australia at least. Dude, it, it, it would never have gone away. Yeah. Like, I, I really don't, like, I believe that. Dude, the government's dick was so hard for that shit. Yeah, dude. It was insane. Like, it's insane how far and how long that shit went on in Canada. And the only reason that places like Canada lifted was because places like America were lifting and... Then it was like, okay, well, if they're not all mass dying, why are we still doing this? And the only reason America didn't have as heavy of restrictions and long-lasting is because... People will get fed up sooner or later and they will say we're showing up at the government offices with guns. Yeah. Like that is in the back of the government's head at all times. Yeah. And so like without that there, and I've talked about this time and time again of like, okay, yes, all gun violence that happens, whether it be mass shootings or killings in Southside Chicago, any of these places, they're all terrible. They're all brutal. But also now we have to weigh that against government killings. Yeah. Yeah high as fuck number like innocent people in the 20th century alone over 250 million people yeah so like yeah we and again it it, you seem like a completely heartless person and people want to paint you that way when you say that there is trade-offs and you look at these mass shootings and stuff and you go there there's got to be a better solution i'm not on the side of say where it's just like oh that's just shit take it take it it's what happens yeah but there's got to be another solution other than just completely trying to make guns illegal. Yeah, and that's the thing too. Is like
0: I, I do. Here's the thing: I have such a distrust for. This is where a lot of it comes from too. Like, I think if we lived in a place that wasn't a fucking clown show, that we could treat semi-automatic magazine-fed rifles and handguns differently mm-hmm. than a bolt action hunting rifle. Yeah. Or a, you know, even my semi-automatic like duck shotgun, mm-hmm. right? Holds five rounds at most. I have a plug in it. So it holds three. Right? Yeah. It makes it legal to hunt here. Okay. That's a different deal. You can yeah. only do so much with that they're kind of a pain in the ass to reload. You know what I mean? It's like a different thing. So when I think about gun regulations, I think about cal- caliber capacity and rate of fire. Right. So like to reload five shells by Browning, uh, max two. It takes a minute, right? I'm mean, yeah. turn it over and I mean, you can do them fast and they have guns and people can speed load, but it's a skill. It's like, not yeah, a, it's yeah. not a joke to speed load a shotgun. Yeah. Um, so you go into a school, a movie theater, whatever you get five shots, you have to carry like four or five guns versus I can take my wife's AR and empty 40 rounds and then in three seconds be shooting again. Yeah. That's a. Di- we have to be honest. And that's one thing that the right doesn't want to do is like be honest. That's a different thing. Yeah. That's a different conversation. But I don't trust putting those in a different category. What I said was like, hey, you should need to be like at least 21, probably 25 to get these with exemptions. And then you use um, retired military trainers, retired police that were actually good cops. So do basically do a, an exemption program, same way you get a concealed handgun license, which that's kind of a joke. But like teaching about these things, you have to go through a little bit of a process. And you can get one, you know. Mm-hmm. And people will say like, "Well, people can go f- to the military and fight for our country when they're 18. I don't think that should happen either. I think you should yeah. be tw- at least twenty one before you're sent off somewhere. Mm-hmm. You can maybe go to the military when you're eighteen, but like,
1: but it's not easier to convince those people
0: to that they're doing good. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's the problem. So it's like you get in this thing. It's like I would, but I don't. I don't. I I think it's a slippery slope too. You know, I get yeah. nervous about that, and it's like I just don't trust you, motherfuckers. You know, it's like well, your those, well, your ARs any comp- uh, uh, um, competition for an F thirty five. And I'm like, uh, well, first off, that is the dumbest argument to me. So, so is our government going to start bombing the population with F-35? So they're going to come here and start blowing my house up, dude?
1: Even okay, even the full force of the military, they got utterly embarrassed in Vietnam and Afghanistan, all this shit. And it's like, why guerrilla warfare tactics? We are the we are the best country on the planet at conventional
0: warfare. Yeah, and we are the fucking worst at unconventional warfare. Exactly. So it's like Afghanistan, Vietnam, like Iraq. You just you're not good at it. And and,
1: and look, the people that have guns in America are way more capable with, I'm not saying everyone, there's probably a lot of fucking idiots with guns here too, but that don't (laughs) know how to use them and shit. But the people here on large are going to be more competent than in these the civilians in these other nations. Yeah. Like you look at, I mean, you look at the training videos of what they were trying to do with the Afghan soldiers and they can't even do fucking jumping jacks. <laughs> Dude, so like Shane Gillis is a bit about that. Oh, it's does really he really? <laughs> <fucking
0: funny. laughs> no, I'm not going to blow up, but it's so funny. He's talking about like, he's like, he was like, I'd be one of those guys. Like when they shoot the AK, the feet move like, <laughs> and they blow up a truck and they're like, have a party. He's like, that's yeah. more relatable He goes Americans run I'm a bit now, but the Americans run in there and like mow down 30 guys from in that
1: night from a helicopter. Like, all clear yeah yeah,
2: (laughs) yeah. that's terrifying
1: yeah 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 but in but to that point that's where it's like i don't buy that argument where it's like oh yeah they they're gonna have they can't stand to fight against american drones and all this and also yeah it's like if america starts boning or boning (laughs) bombing the whole citizenry same thing um but it's like that's world over at that point yeah like we're done like we're done we're done done. yeah so it's it's like so what does it matter
0: so, moral of the story is guns are important. I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, it seems that way to me. I don't. Well, and even too, for instance, to go off, piggyback off of the uh, the military idea, if it gets to the point of civil war, the military itself will split.
0: Yeah, like it's really
1: it's true. not going like there will be people in the military that immediately start turning on the institutions and governments for sure. Yeah, you know one one thing I thought about though, like
0: one thing I would take up arms against is Christian nationalism. Yeah. Christian nationalism scares me. Yeah. And it's funny because it's like, that would be a trip. That'd be a trippy one. How so? Because that runs so contrary. The people that have, the people who have the most guns are libertarians. Yeah. Libertarians want nothing to do with Christian nationalists. Yeah. Like the, even Charlie Kirk's Christian nationalists, these guys, most Christian nationalists I know are also pussies. Yeah. Like that Nick Fuentes guy, like that guy's a pussy. Yeah. Like giant pussy. Yeah. Um, Libertarians I know are not pussies. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so yeah. it's like
0: you would end up just like, okay, it's like I'll take I'll take my libertarian, my civil libertarians in general over your Christian nationalists in a fight. Yeah. 10 days out of 10. Mm-hmm. I was like that would get quashed real quick. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's like they they freak me out, dude. That's just not like America wasn't supposed to be this like Christian nation. Our founders were not evangelicals. This is like mm-hmm. the revisionist history to fit a narrative. We weren't meant to be a global superpower. Like These things just weren't supposed to happen. Yeah and i think the result of them is that we have a sick population we have poisonous food and we don't take care of our own people it's like mm-hmm. it's the weirdest it's the weirdest situation for us to be in i just do, i do not understand it
1: yeah yeah i i think yeah america's in a tough position and even you look at what's happening on the geopolitical scale with you know russia china teaming up creating different currencies with iran india all this shit japan just fucking Went and started going against American. Did you see that? Uh, Japan started buying oil above cap from Russia. They were just like, why not? Fuck you guys. We're not doing this why shit not? Anymore. It makes yeah. the
0: most sense for your people. Yeah. Why not
1: do it? So yeah, J- Japan just essentially ostracized themselves from America or at least started to. Yeah. And South Korea like,
0: is, an they don't want to do it. They don't want to supply weapons to Ukraine. Like yeah. nobody wants to supply weapons. Ukraine is not a place that you Canada. With... Canada. can't fucking Trudeau's all no, about it. Trudeau's a cunt. Uh, it's yeah. just like, yeah. Well, <laughs> this, and this thing is like, so my whole thing is when I, on the show, it's what I try and do now is like really bring it back to like, what can you do about it? Yeah. So what can we do about it? Liam? What can we, what can we actually do about it? The two of us or the nation Ind- individuals, individuals, the nation's not gonna do shit, dude. This thing is <laughs> we're on, we're on the downhill side of this. Our yeah. nation started on, on a decline when J- JFK died. Yeah. And then, and then the second one was after nine 11, the terrorist one.
1: Yeah. Well, I think dude, going back to, uh, can you say his name? Gula? <laughs> um, <Sholzinitskin? laughs> yeah. Uh, Going back to one of his his quotes where he said, uh, "A tyranny can fall if one man stands in front of it and tells the truth. Yeah, and it's like, that's all that needs to be out there right now is the truth. And i that I look at that's what I'm trying to do. And, you know, people will, I'll even get messages all the time. I, I had people, Hey, can you come out and to this freedom rally? we would love to see you post about this freedom rally or come speak at it, all this shit in, uh, in Toronto. And I'm like, I'm not in that. I'm not, I'm not in this to get into a movement and start trying to create what, whether it be a revolution, mass change, all of this kind of stuff. I just want to sit here and make sure that, yeah, the truth does, or that lies don't flow through me. Yeah. And it's like, I might get some things wrong, but I'm, I'm never lying. Yeah. I'm never per, like sitting there going that I know something to be contrary and I'm going to say this. Yeah. And so that's, that's where I look at it on, on the individual side. And if, if individuals on mass are willing to start telling the truth, then shit changes.
0: More people are down with it. I think and I've seen that dude, like even with getting into coaching again and doing like it, feeling that out, like there's just like a big, there's a lot of people out there that after all of this, you know, what really encouraged me to do like rebrand and just like move in a different direction that's kind of similar but different and it definitely feels very different for me and I think it feels different. People have like, I've got a lot of good feedback and it's been really nice um, is that there's a lot of people that just are disillusioned. And I think I've even said this back in the day that there's a power to disillusionment. Mm-hmm. Like I've had my heroes fall numerous times in a variety of different ways. Probably so much that I'm like, well, I'm, I feel like I'm like causing this in a weird way, but like So many people are just disillusioned by the the lies that we've been told. And so that's that's hard. That's hard to process. And it's hard to not get sucked into some other bullshit. It's hard to not get sucked into a conservative camp or a lefty camp or whatever it is. Because it, it's comforting. Yeah. It is really, really comforting. And so, like, for me, like, the principles of curiosity, resilience, and passion. Mm-hmm. Like, I think those are things that, that, for me, that's it. That may not be what it is for you. It probably yeah. isn't. Like, it just... But understanding those principles and, like, letting I've actually been trying you, to lay
1: those out a little bit more. It's and not concise. easy. It's not... How, it's not. No. And actually, so... You know, I what I'm trying to do on social media is I want to I'm essentially farming an audience to sell books to and I already know what my first book is going to be it's going to be called uh, Fuck Mediocrity How to Become a Superhuman <laughs> and what I want to start doing what I want to do is like break down all of these values and stuff even something as simple as like you know this even Robert Green I haven't actually even read Robert Green stuff but oh, that was
0: so fun dude you would, you would geek out yeah for there's sure there's going to be a lot of content there for you too. but
1: even some of the like for instance I have read the by Machiavelli and people talk about you know him being this like extremely immoral person but he just understood how power operates and I look at certain things like say for instance power and it's like power isn't inherently good or evil we have this twisted view of it where where power means you you have power over people but power is really just the ability to affect change that's it that's what power means and you can have power in your immediate life your your in your own little circle, you don't need to have this worldwide power. You don't, but you can search and still become a powerful person. And, or even to like the difference between heroes and villains is just how they use their power. Yeah. It's not that they are powerful or they aren't. And that's essentially where I want to start trying to focus on too, is like laying the foundations to how somebody can become kind of the master of themselves. And also, yeah, like create your own values and, and, and like in, because those are the ways that you're not going to get sucked into hypocrisy in in all these camps and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and yeah, so that that's definitely I think important, and that's what we need right now. Yeah, this this seeking comfort piece of because there's a lot of people like the
0: Cam is I don't I don't I don't dislike Cam, but he's he's interesting to me. He's fun to watch, and it's like he represents a different type of man than mm-hmm. I am. Um, but this like seeking comfort is the problem, and I'm like. Yes, and, like, that's human nature, for mm-hmm. one, and I think seeking, like, ideological comfort is equally as bad, if not worse, than, like, physical comfort. Oh, for sure. You know, I think that that, like, the insecurity of beliefs, you know, like, I remember, uh, I think it's, uh, Chogum Trump, I think, wrote this book, The Wisdom of Insecurity. Yeah. Uh, maybe in Tara Brock, I mean, one of those, one of those Buddhist teachers, but, like, there's something in that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it was Alan Watts. Uh, how oh, I do okay. know to yeah, Uh, yeah. but there's so there's like something in really, there's a lot of learning in your own insecurity mm-hmm. and like resolving that, which is kind of like you can do that with like Buddhist principles and, and practices. Um, but there's so few people that I feel like are secure enough in their beliefs to like actually challenge them. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't happen. I just don't see that on a world scale. I also, anymore. to
1: be honest, I'm not even that secure in my beliefs. I'm constantly sitting there going, like, fuck am i do i have this all wrong like you know what i mean i kind of have insecurity in my own beliefs and that's kind of where and i also look at it and i go dude i am so fucking all over the map like i'll listen to like i read a lot of orwell which is he's contrary to kind of a lot of popular opinion he was a left-wing he was a a, a, a democratic socialist yeah he wanted democratic socialism And then I'll listen to people like Michael Malice. It's like, okay, let me get the anarchy side. And then it's like, I'll listen to the Thomas souls. It's like, all right, there's the conservative viewpoint. And then I'll listen to the Russell brands. And it's like, that's the best version of liberal thought and all of this kind of stuff. And then I go like, all right, cool. How can I work that all into my own thing? Like this, these like very opposing ideas and go like, what, what makes sense from each single one of them. And so I'm constantly dispensing with stuff in, in my own shit.
0: Yeah, me too. It's, it's, I mean, but COVID and stuff like that, the whole, not, not COVID itself, but like the response to it, I mm-hmm. think brought a lot of people to that point. Where yeah. It's like, you know, it, it, but it's been, a lot of people have turned to ideology, which is great, but I just think there's, I have this like princi- principles over ideology, like for sure, bias for myself. And it's yeah. like, I just, I, I can't, I can't, I've always lived on the fringes of things. And that's also like my cross to bear, right? Mm. Um, it's not easy. It's yeah. not easy to like, not ever feel like comfortable in an ideal ideological system even no. like my fraternity i wasn't like that like, it's, yeah. like, no, no nothing you know sports teams whatever it was even if i was good and like a leader on the team it's like i never was like bought into like our team is the best because it's our team like that just never mm-hmm. you know there's always a I have a pragmatic view of these kind of things it's just not it's not for me i don't it's, it's so and it sucks but i feel like, like sharing that with people i feel like you take a little bit of, a little bit of that's good yeah like I'm not ever asking someone to live like me. Yeah. Like it's a kind of a pain in the dick. Mm-hmm. You know? But it's it's that constant like cycling of the mind. And then you throw psychedelics in there which like take you outside of your own perception and kind of like and then you, then you kind of become comfortable with the fact, that like, I just don't understand. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's things outside my perception that I just yeah.
1: don't understand. And it's that's like, totally cool. What's that famous quote? It's like, the wisest man knows he knows nothing. Yeah. It's like, it, and that's that's where I look at. And actually, the brothers uh, uh Karamazov, there's a great, for anyone who hasn't read the book it's really it's really slow and drawn out and it's like even me getting through it it's at at times it's torturous but it's really interesting because what dostoevsky does is he gets all of these different characters that represent different things so for instance there's one character who's driven by resentment there's another that's driven he's like a monk and he's Mm -hmm. uh, he's like super religious there's another that's um like the extreme intellectual like atheist all of this kind of stuff and then the whole book is essentially them just having conversations Conversations with one another but every single one of them is steel manned like their points yeah. their points and views are just so steel manned and there's a point where the the intellectual atheist is talking about with with the monk and he's talking about um He's like, you know, we're sitting here talking and trying to conceptualize God. And he's like, we're three dimensional beings that can't even potentially understand the world. And so what makes you think we're even capable of understanding, conceptualizing we God? We don't have the fact anybody who thinks they can, or yeah. is to just beyond naive. It's like, yeah. it's like.
0: Arrogance, naivete, like, bred together, which mm. is the dangerous. Being arrogant or being naive can, in isolation can be fine and actually yeah. productive for you. Putting those things together is a dangerous combination. For sure. And then you add narcissism on top of that, which usually goes with those two. Yeah. And you end up with a really, like, a different kind of dark triad that yeah. just, like, really can fuck you up. And, you know, I've seen that. I've seen that in people I'm around. Like, my old boss, we talked about this whole yesterday. It's like, the dude believed that the people whose bills he was paying would give him honest feedback.
2: Mm. No. No. Not at all. Not Not ever.
0: You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's, it's the weirdest, weirdest thing to like, can you, how do you not see, are you so delusional in your own hubris that you can't see that like, we're terrified of you or it's that you want
1: that. Yeah, that's that, like he that, that, that want wants it. Yeah, yeah. You,
0: it's, it's, a, it's a it's a it's a dick flex, really. Yeah, you know, and it's like coming from that environment of almost like being like a cult. It's like ooh, it's it is strange and it's alluring because then like that that, co- that that arrogance or narcissism or whatever you want to call it, like, is enticing to people. It romance it it, it, it um. I, I'm trying to think. Like it sucks people in. It's like mm-hmm. very enticing, and it just like it, it's it's fascinating. You're like, how can someone be this? confident how can someone like really command a, a group like this and you get in and, you're, and you get in it and you're like oh no like i gave myself yeah you know like i am outsourcing my validation to someone who is incentivized group. To yeah to make me feel less than who now will take responsibility and the funny thing about that whole deal was this dude would take responsibility or, or take um would take credit for your success but your failures were all on you.
1: Uh, and then if he fucked you
0: over, he was doing you a favor because it gave you an opportunity to grow. Which is <laughs> such a fucking mind fuck, dude. That's it's so it's like in looking at it now, I'm like, wow, dude. Yeah. Like you know, like it, one of those things when I started the podcast, right? This dude had a podcast, and I worked on the show. And then I started doing this thing in this little group he had, and like it, people liked it, so he was going to have me start a podcast for the company I worked for, which was cool. And he wanted it to be a group podcast. But putting together a group podcast like Mind Pump is like not easy to do. You have to know those people. You have to have a cohesion. So I was going to start bringing people in and people like really worked and I would like, we'd start a thing. But it was just kind of me at first and I was setting this thing up. And the dude fired me because he said we were competing for content. Now this is somebody who was getting sometimes 100,000 downloads on an episode. This is like, you know, six years ago. And thought that we were because like by my, like in me doing a podcast where I wasn't getting the sponsorship money, I was basically just representing the brand yeah, and having conversations like I like to have in a much less philosophical way in a much more like approachable way to yeah. especially younger folks and people that weren't like super into, you know, it's like I can, I make, I can make concept things or complex things very simple. It's a gift. Like it's something I really practice and mm-hmm. I think it's, it's important. It's like, I enjoy doing it. Alan Watts is kind of my, idol in that like realm you know I'm so glad he's dead so I don't get to watch him like fucking fall from grace <laughs> I, mean, I know he was like a drunk that like couldn't quit fucking people's wives but like that's fine yeah you know like what philosopher wasn't you know yeah um but it's like the insecurity in that was so de- like devastating to me I'm like dude my success would only be better for the company you own yeah you know what I'm saying yeah. it's like that's not a problem for you mm. and if you lose some audience people to me which, by the way, who listens to just one podcast? No, nobody. So it's like, that's fine. Yeah, you know what I mean. And like, I, I, I also just like don't really want your audience. I kind of resonate with different people. I kind of want to do my own thing. And it's like, but I love doing it as a part of this bigger deal. And I also had the idea for like what Barstool ended up doing, which was like a podcast network where you had these folks. Mm. And I am like, then you just kind of like leverage the their audiences, help them grow, and then use that to then bolster the company, which was pre Barstool mm. doing it. Right, but that was a problem because it had to be in service of him. Mm-hmm. The whole company existed to be his fucking piggy bank and in service to him. It was disgusting, dude. It was really disgusting. Like this guy couldn't have, since he couldn't have a healthy relationship, and his relationship ran in this three month cycle. We, I could, I could do it. Was you could time your fucking clock to it. Bold revelation via psychedelics. Um. Well, hang on. Let's start with the shitty part. Massive blow up. Yeah, right. Some shit would go down. Somebody would fuck somebody they weren't supposed to fuck, or somebody would get mad and insecure about something. You would do some MDMA, mushrooms, whatever, some kind of fucking, some kind of healing modality. Find absolute truth in this, whatever. Um, move into then like a, a, a recommitment and bonding that would go on for a while, for a month, and things would get stagnant for a month, and somebody would want something else, and then it would all blow up again. And it'd be the same thing, and it was like it was like oh, it's been. January to March. Like, here we are again. And it was like the same shit. So because of that, like, I think the dude felt so entitled to interfere in other people's relationships. Mm -hmm. And he had the power to do so. And so since he couldn't have a healthy one, and like I don't think he consciously thought this, but like, he also didn't really care for anybody else to have one that he didn't have input in. And there were zero healthy relationships around this dude. Now that he's married... People around him get married. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like that wasn't. That's I'm weird. It's like, it's it's odd. It's like it's like oh, so you're like it's, it's strange, man. And I, it was a part of it. It, just, it actually opened me. Like I learned about narcissism and sociopathy and confronted my own narcissism through all of that. So there's like a lot of stuff in there that he would probably take credit for, to be honest with you. He'd be like, Oh, that was the whole point the whole time. Like that was the, yeah, the, you know, the, that's <laughs> why I'm a dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that's why I wanted your girlfriend to fuck deal with celebrities so I could feel cool. Yeah. And I'm like, and it was like one well, of those things too with that whole stuff, like the open relationship community. Like I still like, don't think monogamy is like the best for everybody. But, like, I've seen how it can get really fucked, you know? And anybody out there who's listened to this, like, knows what and who I'm talking about. But it's, like, it's so funny to see all this stuff. And it's, like, wow, like, there's so much in that.
1: So much learning in that. And just like... I've never been able to wrap my head around it, to be honest. I was, like... I've, like, I've always had the very traditional mindset in that world when it comes to dating, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think I don't have... That's so much. I think there's just
0: like, it's it's a, it's a very subjective. It's like, what fits you? Yeah. Where are you at? Like, what do you guys have fun doing? If you have fun yeah. doing it, it's different. Like, we invite other girls in and stuff like that. Uh, we haven't done that in a long time, obviously. But, um, like, I don't know, it doesn't threaten me by any stretch of the imagination. And at the time, it was more like, you know, I want to feel like we're doing stuff together, but the girl I was dating at the time was like, if there was like, you know, if Tim Ferriss was in the room, like I didn't exist. And I'm like that fucking dweeb, like that guy sucks. He's just, like annoying. He, like, he's like awkward and doesn't like say anything. Like it's like, <laughs> so many fucking weird things happen, but it's like the like chase for like, like she was an attention whore. And mm-hmm. I don't mean like, Oh, it's like, like, no, she was like, would give herself up and think she cared about for attention for people that she could get validation from that yeah. were like more successful in that realm. It was really gross, you know? Um, but I was cool with like doing other things. I was even cool with her sleeping with other people or me like, here and there, like, maybe trying different stuff. And I was just open minded to try stuff out. You know, like if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But something about like, you know, some fucking scumbag who's just like a skeezy shithead D list celebrity. Like, that's, that's, it was all these D list celebrities that got me. I'm like, this guy, he's like, <laughs> this guy's not even invited to the fucking like, Grammys, like, what the fuck is he doing here? You know, like, it's like, what this guy was like in three episodes of True Blood. Like, who gives a fuck? You know what I'm saying? It's like, he's not like he's famous. You know, it'd be different if it was like Tom Hardy's here, and I'm like, well, that's pretty fucking cool. I yeah. I like, I give fuck. Fuck my girlfriend, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, that's different, but it's like, this guy? like, yeah. He's a soft-bodied fuck, you know. It's like, what is this? What is going on here? It's like it's
1: so weird. Like this, like I think it's probably like in their minds, it's like a stepping stone thing. It's like, all right, I fuck this this guy, and then the next guy fuck is a little bit more famous than that. It's like you just fuck, but it's like
0: you feel good about that. I don't know. It's like I've slept with famous people or relatively famous people or been around famous people. You're around them and you DJ. You've been around these guys. Like you get disillusioned by it all. oh, this is kind of like these are just people and it's kind of whatever. And for sure, you know, some of them are cool. Like Canadians, I always like Canadian Canadian hockey players were always cool. Oh, Jonathan Taves, fucking rad dude. Yeah. Um, Duncan, um, I forget his last, Duncan Keith, Heath. fucking rad dude. Yeah. Matt got to hang out with those guys. Loved them. Like, made friends. Because they, they were, like, guys I grew up with. Yeah. They we were just, they were, like, the boys. It was, like, we yeah, were immediately, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I know, I get you, dude. You came from a small town. You, like, yeah. played sports. That was your whole life. That's like, a lot of
1: the Canadian hockey yeah. players. a small town,
0: just, like, and yeah. yeah. And they small live in yeah. And they get to go to, they would come to Austin and, like, no one would know who they were. Yeah. So, I got, actually got to watch hockey with... Jonathan Taves oh, he explained dope. to me the rules of hockey while we were watching hockey I didn't really know. Yeah. I was like that's a that's
1: a Stanley Cup. That's, MVP. A, <laughs> like, that's yeah. really fucking cool, dude. That's a cool one to get a lesson from for sure. Yeah, and
0: I'm like it's like not to name drop, but like that was a really unique experience, yeah. you know, but like being in that culture like really made me a pre- I, like it re- I reevaluated re- so much of myself through all of that. Again, yeah. I had to get zero credit for that because it was actually somebody else's, you know. Uh, influence on me and putting me through some fucking dark shit, like, dude. I mean, it was so dark, and I don't think you guys have ever known this. I had planned out how I was gonna fucking kill myself in the parking lot of the of the place I
1: worked. Fuck, that's how fucked it got. Yeah, that's crazy. That's a deep. That's a different level.
2: And it's like I don't.
0: I, I don't think I've ever like said that I was like, yeah, dude. I I think I was. I had told myself anybody who's had like suicidal thoughts. And this isn't a joke. It's like fucking dark, you know. But like, I don't think I've ever would actually done it. But it was like when you start like getting into detail about Mm -hmm. it. I was like, that would do more good. Like hurting these people and showing them what their fucking shit can do would do more good than I could do
1: with my life. Yeah. That's a tough one.
0: You know? And that's how I've been,
1: I've I've definitely been in dark places and I've talked about, I talked about this shit early on and, the reason I stopped talking about that kind of like the history of like my mental health is I was like, I'm just giving ammo to anybody that wants to use it against me in the future. Like, it, yeah. Like, and, and I, I don't feel, like, I, don't,
0: I don't feel threatened by it. Like I have so much to live. Like I would trade my life for any, like it's like, yeah, yeah. I, know, I yeah. don't think I even at that time, I don't know about how serious I was, but it was like, but no, that is, that I, is, I'll tell a you this. Thing I took sure. my gun, my handgun that I had. Yeah. I put it in storage. Oof. I didn't want it in my house. Yeah, just in case of impulse. Yeah, I don't know. Just like yeah. I just like I was like I'm gonna put this somewhere. Yeah, you know I had a storage unit. I was like I'm just gonna go drop this off. Yeah. I don't need this in my house. Mine was always driving. Just it's like oh this is fucking. That's yeah, all, that's yeah all it takes. I think, I think I needed to be a little more dramatic with it. Yeah. I wanted to make it was like a statement, and I think people do that. And I think I I, I, I because of that experience, I can like empathize with that more. Mm. People that have had, you know what I mean? It's like that's more valuable than my what I can do with my life at this point because yeah. I was so fucking broken and empty. You know, yeah. it's like, I feel like everything had been taken from me. It was weird. It was really weird. Like looking back at it now, I'm like, wow, I was like, I'm almost like, it gave me a different perspective on life, you know, and you're more grateful for life now. And like having had that experience and like,
1: <laughs> for sure. I and that's an
0: a experience that like makes you like, I had one that just made me like so grateful for being alive. And like mm-hmm. that, 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 that like range of experiences is really profound in some yeah. way. Yeah.
1: And I, and I do think that's the thing. And, and when, whenever I did use to talk about that kind of stuff, and I, I've wiped, I've taken them off of all my socials now, but that was one of the things where family members, I knew it made family members super uncomfortable hearing it. Mm-hmm. But I was also like, there is, to what you were saying, it's like there is the polarity of everything. It's like you can only love as deep as you can hate. You can only fucking, mm-hmm. you can only be as happy as you are capable of suffering. All of this kind of stuff. So it's like when you've reached that, absolute fucking lowest point, And then you're able to get past that and then learn the value of your own life and kind of make new adjustments as to, okay, what is my life going to be? Yeah. Like, then kind of it starts clean. to be so you much know? fucking better. Because you, here's the thing is like,
0: I think if you're in that position and this is not advice is like just coming to me now, but if you're in that position and I'm curious what your thoughts are. Yeah. This having been in a similar position. I think you do need to die in a way. Yeah. Like that version of yourself, like don't do, sure. you, do not actually go through with it. That's not what I'm saying. Yeah. But that version of you needs to be, needs to die.
1: Well, if you look at like even the the hero's journey, like the classic archetype of the hero's journey, it's like yeah. there is a death and rebirth in every single and, one of those yeah, you stories. Wipe the slate clean. That's yeah. what I did. I, moved, I left, I left
0: a place I loved Austin. Mm-hmm. I left and just like, I didn't know where I was going to even end up, but it was like better. It was a better option. I was like, yeah, well, I just need to be like free of this. It took me years to like kind of recover from it. I got to wipe, sleep, clean, no my life's fucking, you know, like and because I started living by my own way. And even, like, finding a partner, I was like, I'm just going to live my life, and that that person is attracted to the way I like to live my life, and, like, here we
1: are, and here I am. You know, and it's like, it's really... Well, have you ever heard... and This is actually making me think of... Have you ever heard Will, uh, Chris Williamson talk about the beta regional paradox? Where how if... It's almost like if you're in a worse scenario, it can be the catalyst to actually make change compared to if you're kind of in an okay yeah, spot. I know. I've yeah, like, talk like, about it, but that's, that
0: makes so much sense. So it's
1: like, you know, if if you're in an apartment that's like a little bit moldy, the shit's like the water doesn't work sometimes, whatever. But it's like, you can kind of deal with it. You can get yeah. over it. But if you were living in a place that was literally fucking crumbling, then you would have no option but to make change. Yeah. And it's like, also to another thought within that whole world is it's easy to sit there and think like I have nothing to live for, all of this kind of stuff. And Hermosi completely pivoted my thinking about this where he talks about that's an advantage. If you have absolutely nothing to lose, Yeah, you, have, you can do anything you want. Yeah. He's like, if you have everything, then you, it's like that, that has its advantages as well. If you're super rich and successful, all of this, but now you stand to lose a lot. If you make the wrong choice yeah. or if you have nothing, what, what's fucking holding you back from making a life pivoting change? Yeah. And which is why I was like, I'm just going to leave. Yeah. You know, it was,
0: and that was, yeah, it was and it's exact, and I read, um, the surrender experiment, which was just kind of like a hokey book, but it's really same guy that wrote the untethered soul. for you this his Okay. Name. But, um, I was like, huh, why not? You yeah. know, like, what, what the fuck? I just had nothing. I was like, worst case scenario, I'll come back here and start working at Whole Foods. I don't fucking mm. know. I'll figure something out. But, like, I am want to give it a shot. And I can't give it a shot here because I'm the CrossFit guy. I'm the on it guy. I'm like, yeah. it's like, I was like, I'm the polyamorous, whatever. I'm like attached to all this fucking bullshit, all this baggage. And, like, what if I just go somewhere where I only thing people know about me is what I tell them now, who I am now, how I behave now.
1: And, like, that, I think that, like, that geographic shift, you know, addicts do that a lot. Dude, yeah. And, well, yeah, like, even you look. Like, environment plays such a big role on our triggers for our subconscious. Yeah. Like, it's like cue and then uh, cue, action, reward. Yeah. And it's like, if, if those cues aren't there, you can completely change your pat- your mental patterns. Yes. I even feel that now traveling. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, shit. Like, I don't feel like doing this or I don't feel like doing that where I would normally have cravings to do those things. One
0: thousand, I did the same thing when I, I uh, house set for a guy named John Beer, who was a really super okay. rad dude. He's like, I'm going to be gone for like three weeks. I got a guy house sitting in the first two weeks. So you won't take the second two weeks. And on, on like right by Abbot Kinney in LA and I'm like yeah and that like that two weeks was so good for me yeah so I, I was
1: just like away from everybody didn't really talk to anybody you know and just dude and that was even something like I, I was a functional stoner like I could still yeah. be very productive but I would smoke weed from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed yeah. I, was, I was stoned and it was to the point where it was like my tolerance was so high that I was smoking like every hour and then so but then I went yeah did same thing I started house sitting second day I was just like fucking threw out my weed I was like I don't even need this yeah I've smoked weed once since then it was like a month and a half ago I'm like fuck like and it wasn't even something that I genuinely wanted to change that yeah. I was sitting here being like oh I need to I need to stop smoking weed because it, it was kind of one of those places where I was like I'm, I'm productive. Like what, like what's the worst? Yeah. The unproductive thing. Oh, I'm getting stuff done. It's like, yeah. that's, that can be, again, the same deal. It's like, you're just in that little, like, but it's then like, I just yeah. stopped feeling like doing it. I like, yeah. I, I was, it wasn't even like, yeah, this big issue that I wanted to fix. It was just like, oh, I don't feel like doing this anymore. Yeah, weed has that effect on me
0: too. Yeah. Yeah. Microdosing LSD helps though. <laughs> Microdosing LSD is the shit. I've never done it. Oh, so I guess I'm going to give you sprayed spray tomorrow. Okay. For golf.
1: All right. <laughs> Interesting. Well,
0: dude, uh, I think we've done about two hours now. That's crazy. It's wild, right? That's fun. We that's gonna what stand- oh, that went that was went yeah. by so fast. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it does happen though. It does, yeah, especially in this. But it's good to do the shit in person, man. For like sure. I it's I, until different. COVID I didn't do any like virtual podcasts. And even now I'm just like when people come through town, I'm like, I'll grab you on one. And that's with the new show too. It's like it's very much like an Andrew Huberman style, where it's like when I have somebody to interview, I want to talk to, I'll talk to them. When Don, I'll do a solo show. Yeah. We're cool. I get to like drop this thing tomorrow and sick. You know, everybody can rate and review and leave. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I'm going to go on YouTube too. We'll see. We may get demonetized. Hey. Who knows? Most likely. Most likely. We'll put some clips out there. Yeah, <laughs> we'll go follow Liam at what's your handle? Uh, at Liam.out.loud. Yeah, all the stuff will be in the show notes, of Thank course. You. And uh yeah, join the fucking Patreon, guys. Why would you, can you imagine with somebody not being in my Patreon that listens to this? I can't. No. People think this shit is free. It, no, it costs a lot. It's <laughs> fucking, even just in time and effort alone. Fuck. It's just yet. Yeah, I'm like, guys, if people like always DM me a bunch of times and like ask me a bunch of questions, I'm like can you just like it's six dollars? Yeah, six dollars a month, dude. <laughs> and you can ask these questions every week, and yeah. I'll just you. I'm forced to respond to them, but it's yeah. like you no. Know, I've
1: like, I've stopped I've stopped responding to every message because I'm like it's just it's it's I can't.
0: I have got it now where it's like I got so many after that dealing with anything in my generals. Yeah. So all, all people actually talk to her in the primary. Like yeah. so, if you're out there listening to this and I don't respond to it, it's because you're in my general messages, <laughs> and you might might message me too much or i don't know you and i just like i got like i have like 40 in there and i'm like good i have enough in there where i'm just not gonna
1: answer i right. actually appreciate everybody that messages me and like i don't I, have i love it i don't like, have I don't, many people that actually time. like i don't really have anyone that annoys me but yeah that's where it is dude if i if i messaged everyone back i'd be minimum an hour and a half a day messaging people yeah and I, and I do that when i'm like in the sauna or something maybe yeah. but it's like i'm at this time, I'm, like well, i have enough people now that I like have
0: a relationship with yeah on there like have dialogue with, even if I don't know them like you or Johnny Fresh or Will Roosh. Um, but I did have this one lady come at me. We'll finish on this and sent me this 19 year old podcast dude talking about how weak it is for men to pursue multiple women. He was clearly reading off a script and he was clearly juiced to the tits. And I was like, I don't know why you're sending me this. Like, I don't really care what some 19 year old kid on a podcast has to say about like my lifestyle. (laughs) I also don't know anything about my lifestyle. And she told me that I needed to be more like Will Roosh and, uh, go to church and follow the Lord. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to block you now. Yeah. <laughs> this is weird. I love Will. Will is my favorite Christian. Of yeah. all the
1: Christians out there. It's because he actually gets it. Yeah. He, he actually gets it though. He, like he, he, he
0: shared some memes on Easter about yeah. uh, like Jesus washing feet of yeah. like all different, like Trump, Biden, like all these yeah. different people. And he was like, Christianity is about, isn't about loving Jesus. It's about loving Judas. Yes. And I was like, I showed it to my stepdad. and He was like,
2: damn. Was yeah.
0: like, that's a, that's a, that's a Christian message. I can get that behind. is. Yeah. Yeah, so, he's a real Christian. Praise be to he. Yeah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> praise will And be. God bless.
1: <laughs> that was fun, dude. That was fun. Good shit. I love blood.
0: Two hours, Two hours is, the, is the sweet spot for me.
1: Yeah.